Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dropping that knowledge, giving you that fantasy football goo. Super excited today to talk about the 2018 NFL Draft. We're going to focus on the quarterback and rookie or and wide receiver position. Uh, we're going to be talking about how they can uh, affect um, the teams that they go to, how they can play, um, and the effectiveness for fantasy football in their rookie season. Uh, good times all around. I'm pumped to be back. To my left, I've got Houdini. Across the way from me, I got Stag Party. We, I'm D-Rex. <laughs> we are Pyromaniac.com, and I'm expecting plenty of blunders. We're a little bit rusty over here. And I, we are rusty. That's <laughs> how I expected that to end. That's exactly how I feel. I was sitting here thinking, like, okay, i got to start talking now. I haven't done this in three months, and I've never had this much time away from a podcast since I started doing this with you back no in way. 2011. So, that's a lot of years. <laughs> a lot of years. I mean, it's, it's true. It's been... It's been awesome. We, we met and we had a good dinner uh, like a month ago, and we were psyched to have been down um, at that point, and we were hopeful and excited to have another month off after that, but um, it's exciting. I mean, I'm happy to be back, but that's been a great break, and um, everyone deserved it, so I hope you guys had a good time. You know what day I really wanted to talk football was that day, because that was the day the Browns traded everybody on their motherfucking roster for everybody else around the league. Totally. So... Uh, that was an interesting day, and it's been an interesting offseason. Trades have been flying in the NFL. Uh, we've seen you know players move around the league. We've seen free agency happen. Most of the major free agents uh, are now up and signed, so we know a little bit more uh, about what roster spots need to be filled through the draft process. Uh, it's just been a crazy, crazy time. It, it has been. So, so let's kind of just do a quick little kind of what was the thing – or two things for you that stood out the most so far that's happened in this offseason? Give you two. 
Ooh, you got me on the spot. Go um, ahead, just put say say one to start. The number one was the um, the pizza box cocaine um, European possibly prostitutes, hot money grubbers, uh, and Odell Beckham. That was number one. That was, to be honest, that's faded off into the ether so fast and had, kind of it was like a blip on, on the radar. I mean, I thought that was, he was doing cocaine. So that was number one. Um, and I think, I wouldn't be surprised if he does get traded because I think that Mara, it's been kind of proven that a wide receiver doesn't make win you championships in its own right like that. And uh, he's going to want $100 million. Um, so that was my biggest thing. Next biggest thing, I mean... Go to Houdini. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it's just been really the whole craziness of watching this whole quarterback carousel that, that happened once the season ended. You know, you have Minnesota who had potentially to have... Could it be Case? Could it be Sam? Is it going to be... Uh, are we going to, uh, you know, uh, bring back... Uh, what was Bridgewater? It? Uh, Bridgewater? Yeah. No, we're going to get rid of all of them, and then we're going to bring in Kirk Cousins. And then you, you yeah. have just this this whole flip-flop. And, okay. now, and then you have the interesting thing that as we're going to get into it, we talk about these rookie quarterbacks. Now all the talk about all this stuff that's going to happen in front of the Bears, who are picking at number eight, who are hopeful that maybe they would get like a, be in a favorable trade-down spot. But now it looks like pretty much almost all of these quarterbacks, you know, from uh, Baker Mayfield all the way through uh, Allen and everyone else, they're all potentially going to be gone. And the Bears should have then a great pick up players, but they oh, don't yeah. necessarily want the guy that they want because they want someone to pay them the house to trade back. But I just love what's going on watching all the changes with the quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I, on that note, it was sort of just interesting to see John Dorsey and the Cleveland Browns sort of take the 180 in trade picks for proven assets. And, and that's something that can really work out long term. But when you look at it, this is the draft you wanted to be in if you wanted a quarterback. So why are you finding a bridge guy now? Uh, and, and things along those lines, because you're looking at teams wanting to move up. Uh, the Bills have been trying to move up. And, and now with this latest trade, Brandon Cooks to the Rams, they're talking about the Patriots wanting to move up for one of these guys. Uh, and the Arizona Cardinals don't have a long-term answer at quarterback. And they're a team that could potentially look to move up. Uh, so there is a lot of trade-up opportunities. Now, also, the Arizona Cardinals may only have a short-term quarterback because is he going to make is he going to make it through the season there or the first game? <laughs> <laughs> How many times is he going out like the first game of the season? With that offensive line, it might be the first series. But uh, getting but getting back to uh, you know the things the Browns did like how often does changing an organizational timeline really ever work out when you try and speed things up and, and go from a complete rebuild to now get players in the prime of their careers by dealing picks how often do we see that work out in terms of you know championships which should be the main end result right right well I, I think it's a bold move cotton and the reason why I think it's a bold move by them look they have won one game in the last two years the, the quarterback over the last three years that has the most wins for them is still Johnny Manziel wow okay so 
you, what I think that they're trying to do is instead of they keep bringing in all these young quarterbacks and it keeps not working out for them. So I agree that they're still going to draft the young quarterback, but I like the move of saying, hey, we're going to bring in a Jarvis Landry, we're going to bring in a, 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 a Tyrod Tyra Taylor. Taylor to to st- solidify what we're doing here. We're going to make ourselves not going to be a great team, but we can be a six seven win team and at least show you how things are supposed to run, and then be able to take that young quarterback and use Taylor as the bridge. Until that player is ready. I'm just not a guy who gives a fuck about winning six yeah. or seven games. Great. Where would them... But don't win, they need where, an organizational turnaround? Where would them winning six or seven games over the last two years have gotten them in terms of different positioning? Uh, no, but they've they also be, had they the most be, draft picks over the last two years. They had stockpiled all these picks. So you have young players... They stockpiled for this year. For which was supposed to be the heaviest QB draft... Of the last five years. And they're still going to draft one. Yeah, but why are you changing the organizational timeline and now getting older players like Tyrod Taylor? Probably already past his prime. You know, he's but missed they, his prime they, years. But they don't want they want to be able to use him so that they can draft a quarterback and say, hey, you know, year one, you don't have to fucking do this shit this year. We're gonna we're gonna go with Tyrod, you're gonna get some tutelage, learn how to be a pro, because Tyrod is the kind of guy who had to work his butt off to be where he is even now, which is a journeyman. And maybe but he'll he's at least him. a starter. And I you know, at least you're not like, let's say it's we'll talk about it. we won't take mention a name, we'll get into that in a minute, but let's say it's one of the whatever quarterback they take out of the the top dudes, now they're basically just saying, all right, we got Ty for one one year, maybe two, whatever, and we we're we're not gonna pressure you. We're gonna let you learn the speed of the game. Besides Aaron Rodgers, who's the last quarterback to sit down for a full season and then be successful? Tom Brady. That's a, a, uh, a six-round that, that was a long time ago. Like, 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 oh, 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 no. 16 years ago? Give me a decade. A recent guy, I don't know. So, uh, here's what I say. I don't know. Cousins. There you go. That, that, that. Cousins was what? Fifth or, or fourth-round draft third, pick? Third or fourth. Third yeah. or fourth-round draft pick? So, We're yeah. talking about guys that are drafted in the top 16 picks. Yeah. That need to play and need to learn. Well, Patrick Mahomes, he sat last year, so we'll we're gonna we're we'll gonna find we'll out. Works out. Right. Yeah, uh, but there's a lot of that different aspect. I, I really my my thing about team building is organizational structure, and everybody's goals in the organization needs to be the same. And the thing that feels out of place with that is after going one and thirty one in Hugh uh, in two seasons, yeah. Hugh must now feel like his job's on the line a little bit. So he needs an improvement. But how does that help the Browns as an organization? I'll tell you why. Because again, you're one and thirty one over the last two seasons. You have not been able to put out any type of an offense that has been consistent or uh, to be able to say, hey, we have this fundamentals and things to, to build on. So what they're doing is they're saying, hey, we need to bring in more talent. Let's infuse something so that we actually have something to build on, and then when we transition from Taylor to whoever we're going to draft, we can then have them come in and there's we, there, there's something that's known and works, as opposed to let's try it again with another new guy and see how it fails, from or, Tim Couch to all the other guys that they've had. In addition to that, though, who's the guy who's been the centerpiece of that offense for the last two years? The offensive guru that is Hugh Jackson, right? Where the <laughs> fuck has any of that shit been? Like... <laughs> Let's keep it real here that maybe Hughes 
more of the problem than he is the solution. Well, listen, you're not going to get an argument from me on that. That's not the case I'm making. I'm just saying they're trying to they have, put winning back on the actual table and actually, you know, let people... How can you do that with Hugh Jackson? He might he have might, a lower win record than anybody ever. I mean, but, well, I, but now you got Flash. He's still got Flash, right? Yeah. He's, still, he's got Flash. You got he's Landry. got him for now. So, I mean, Landry. so you have some players there. Hopefully, and if they... Maybe they, they get smart and they take Barkley instead. Can you add that that awesome running back to the to Well, the they're going to take Barkley, I think, with that fourth Unless thing. the Giants oh, take nice. him. You don't think so? No, it's bad. Running backs earlier are bad. I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it's a good pick. Right. But I'm saying it's going to happen. <laughs> but they, they already, the they they already signed an Ohio State native to sell tickets. They already signed Carlos Hyde to you know, be a guy who carries the ball. 225 to 250 times in the season. They've got Duke Johnson, who's one of the best pass-catching backs in the game. What's the point of going out and adding Saquon Barkley for the well, price where also, he's already the second highest played running back in the league? So maybe give them extra credit. Maybe they're they're smart enough to get everyone thinking that they're going to do it, and then they're going to trade it for then someone else is going to jump up and take Barkley, and they'll get their they'll, they'll get their return of draft picks. Maybe you know, they anyway. should do. They should grab um, Quentin. Uh, they should grab the QB and then grab the best offensive lineman and come out. They don't even need that. They, Unless they think he can play tackle, and they don't think so. Well, they, everyone thinks that they, he can go wherever you need him. But um, I'll tell you my next biggest thing, and it's it's the Rams. Yeah, that was it, it is, I mean, it is the Rams. And not even just Cook, the Cooks thing today or yesterday is, is big news. Yesterday, it's big news. I, you guys know how much I love Cooks coming out of college and how... I'm, I, I did not like the way he looked. I watched all of New England's games. I did not like what, the way he looked at all on that team. Um, I know he had a pretty good season, 1,000 yards, whatever, had eight touchdowns. But, but <clears throat> I just did not like the way he looked, and he just didn't look the part. So, But even above just that, that's not even Talib, Marcus Peters. Dominican Sue. Sue. So, um, you, you got, I mean, you so, got, bro. So, bro. Uh, they got so many good fucking players that are just like, they're win now. I mean, if everyone stays healthy and that offense can can stay and, and even do even stay on par, not even be better than what they were last well, year. Well, they were the number one team. scoring offense in football, so I know. it's hard for them to be better. I agree. But I don't think they've they're they've got. They're going to take a step back. I agree, but they've got better talent. But, but they on could, offense, yeah, they could be they could be a more well-rounded team. What they're doing is this: on defense, guys, yes. when you're talking about what how the Browns and it was a bold move. This is a bold move by LA too. They're putting all their chips in and saying, "Look, we're really close." You know, and it's smart because as we talk about how long do running backs last? You got Todd Gurley right now, so you better yeah, have yeah. everything around him for this opportunity and. They're doing it, and the bring the, the Cook signing to me is huge. I think that one uh, to me, Sammy Watkins was not a fit for them. You know, I don't. It never worked out. Cooks is a different type of receiver who can do more things than Sammy Watkins was able to do in their offense. And I think I don't know why it was such a failure, but I agree with you how Cooks looked in the other place. But I think what they're doing on defense is going to create more of these shorter, quicker turnaround opportunities where they could still score a lot. Of, they're going to score a lot of points. It's yeah. There, there is issues, though, right? But sure. they're also doing the smart thing. When you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, yeah. that is the time. That Spend is your, your window. Yeah. Spend your money. Get players around him, even if it's superfluous. Uh, when you have a, a running back on a rookie deal, that's the time to use him and use him to shreds. 
Use all you can of these guys because eventually, once you have to pay Jared Goff $100 million, even if he's the 16th best quarterback in the league, then you're not in position to sign Marcus Peters to long-term deals and Brandon Cooks, who they just traded for, to a long-term deal. Now is the time for them to strike. Absolute great timing as an organization. I think the one thing they're saying is they're actually going to sign. They're saying they're going to try and sign Cooks before this. They have a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. in cap space yeah. next year. I know. I'm, I'm just telling. I'm, I'm just saying. It. So that's going to happen. But I, the one reason why I think the offense will be, I think they're going to regret that regress. They're not going to be as good of an offense this year. But the one, I think the receivers because you got Cup going into the second year mm-hmm. and he played great. But I still think there was a lot of room for improvement. He would say the same thing. Woods was out for what seven. He, I think seven weeks, six weeks, um, and then you know, like you said, not a fit for uh, Watkins, and then. Um, well, let me ask Kittle? you. Uh, no, who's, who's the uh, who's the, the Tyler Higby? Higby. Yeah, Higby. Well, let me and ask you. The this. other guy they drafted and Gerald Everett. Yeah, so those guys are getting uh, another season under their belt, second and third year. I think they that, that'll help their offense as well. I agree, but with, with the reason why I think it's so much better with Cooks is that. Cooks will make those other receivers better. He'll he'll make a cup better. I, with Watkins, he was getting targeted so few times in so many games uh, with the Rams that he really wasn't something that defenses were worried about. I think Cooks is going to be one that they're going to have to game plan more because you can find different ways in the shorter passing game or whatever. And Cooks, as we we always knew when he was coming out of college, was a guy who how many catches did he have? He was like, catching everything under yeah, the sun. One hundred and twelve passes or something. In college. But, the problem in the NFL, yeah. he has been awful after the catch, yeah. like awful, the low league yeah. average. Like that's not great if you want him to be more. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins was good in the underneath game, and when they threw screens to him and his opportunities, you know, were limited. Yeah, he got to that team one, two, three weeks before the start of the season. Hard to get rapport with the quarterback. Cooks could already have that from working out with Jared Goff in in the past few off seasons. But you know, how does he fit with Jared Goff, who's not really a downfield thrower at this point in his career? And you know, Brandon Cooks had it his highest average depth of target last season. Yeah. And then you look at, hey, if you want to throw him in the screen game, he's a below average yak player. So you really need the volume. So the fit for Cooks isn't as good as him just staying with the Patriots. And also remember, and you're uh, you know, throwing a bubble screen to him or something like that, remember in the last catch he made uh, in his in his He got his fucking life, destroyed. He, he got, got destroyed. And that's what happens. He can't take a hit. He's yeah. not good after. He's a small-bodied guy, and it looks, he looks even smaller. Like some guys in their paths, he still looks like a fucking minuscule dude out yeah. there. So I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm happy to see him gone. I want him to succeed. I think he's a good player. I like. I, I'm excited to watch the Rams on every on a day on a weekly basis. Um, but I think it was a good move. Now let's see what the hell the, you know the Patriots have in mind with that first round pick. Just wrapping it up, the Rams scored ten passes. Uh, scored 10 touchdowns on passes behind the line of scrimmage last season. They were the only team in double digits last year. The next highest team had six. 10 passes behind the line of scrimmage that went for touchdowns. Gurley scored six receiving touchdowns. That number has been repeated since 1975 two times by running backs. So we're looking at Jared Goff's numbers and expecting him to take a step forward. Maybe we should really be looking at Jared Goff's numbers and expecting him to take a little bit uh, step back. I think everyone. Gurley, there's no way Gurley's having the same season next year that he did this year. Not a chance. He's the first pick, and wherever you see NFL 10s and mocks, he's the first pick. 
He's not going to be the number one running We've back. Seen, look at history. Yeah, We've yeah, seen yeah. this before. From from uh, Chris Johnson when he had the CJ2K season, yeah. he was drafted that year as maybe like the 12th or uh, 11th or 12th running back off the board. Then the next year he goes as the number one. Then he has the falter back season. So then he goes back as like the, you know, a number eight or nine running back. Yeah. Then you maybe have a one it's comeback year. Then all of a sudden you're the number one pick again. Then you fall back. It's just not going to happen. Well, guys, do you have any? Do we need any more uh, surprises? Well, my other, my Let's do it quickly. My, yeah, my I like one, talking about it because you know whatever. We got my other one was, my yeah. other one was kind of going to be the the Patriots because you know the Bears obviously is something that's interesting to all of us, and I'm really happy with what they're doing, but. It, to me, it's this defection of the Patriots now that now that the Cooks trade and you have Gronk saying I may want to retire. Now that they're maybe shopping Gronk and, and thinking about trading him, I and, think they should. And and the idiocracy, the idiocracy behind the fact that we need to go out and get a young quarterback now. And you had Garoppolo until last year, and because Tom whined, and now all of a sudden after he cuts his hand, uh, that all of a sudden now we need to get another young quarterback in the building. You had you had your replacement for there. a sick second rounder. Yeah, and so. And they had the opportunity to have what the Packers had, where they went from Favre to Rodgers. And now it's going to fall apart. And I, I see this as the beginning of the dynasty crumbling to its to, to its core. Oh, man. Yes, I do. And this is where Belichick will oh, be. Oh, man. This is the Titanic, and he'll be jumping ship well, uh, with, the, with the women and children does, on the it, first boat. If he does, if he, if he bolts, it, it's a different it's, thing. It's yeah. Gone. It's a different thing if Belichick's not there. But if Belichick wants to cement his legacy without Tom Brady at quarterback, I'm not doubting that motherfucker. No, do you no, think no, he? No, no, do you think that no, when no, no. Brady retires, he still keeps coaching? Do you think that he retires? Who, know, who knows how long this is all going to last? But we talk about their, the Patriots crumbling. They got a year out of Brandon Cooks at uh, a rookie-scale wage deal. And then got another first round pick for him that was higher than yeah, their first round pick last year. And they only really moved back in the draft a like a half a round in the middle rounds of drafts where your hit rate on picks is much lower. So we're talking about that trade is bad. No, no, they're they no, also no, no, no. they they're also get screwed. I'm just saying about the moving the players away. They also get players back like Malcolm Mitchell and Julian Edelman, who they didn't have last season. You know, they, they, they're bringing Kenny Britt back for another, you know, go-around. And they traded for Philip Dorsett, you know, before right before last season. So they must, you know, I trust their internal scouting to where, hey, we might have a replacement for Brandon Cooks already in the building in a guy like Mike Malcolm Mitchell or in a guy like Philip Dorsett who could do some of those same field-stretching type of routes at a cheaper price. Can I say one thing? Obviously, I'm a Niners fan, so I couldn't be happier about Jimmy G being there. He's like almost single-handedly turned around this franchise. Um, and we'll see if he can the keep it up. The outlook looks he much got, better. Yeah, <laughs> he, got, he, got, he, he, he got the money, and now you know, the hard part's ahead of him. So we'll see if he can keep this up. But the thing I do... Think that maybe would be the thorn in the side of what the Patriots did last year is when they traded uh, Jacoby Brissett, and that they might like they traded him almost like it was like a favor to the Colts, mm -hmm. and they got Dorsett, but and they got like some shitty late pick, but maybe that one. He's a high character guy. He's got a big body. Brady's gonna be there for another three or so years. Just like they might have should have kept him. Um, and they could be in a better spot. And I'll, I'll, and I'll throw the one, uh, I'll stomp on my own argument a little bit, that the only reason why Belichick would stay is because he is in the most 
besides the Patriots, the most worthless division in football. Three organizations that haven't been able to put in winning teams on the field for the last 15 years. Yeah. What I can I, see happening. And, and they are, and are any of them in a good state right now? Bills, Dolphins, or Jets? Are any of them in a state to win? All four of those teams could potentially be looking at a first-round quarterback this year. That's what we're talking about for the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, oh, they've got a chance to you know, potentially get one of their own for the longer term. I can see, and we'll stop talking about Belichick. He's an interesting guy to talk about. But I can also see when Brady retires, him, if him and Kraft don't iron things out, which maybe it's better and maybe this is all just you know hearsay, but I can see him doing the Jimmy Johnson and being like, all right, you don't respect me? I'm going to go to the... Dolphins and take Gase's job and be like, I'm gonna have my one last shot. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. His best friend, uh, the Big Tuna, did this more than anyone. He thought he'd have his last five years with five different teams. He might just be like, All right, I'm gonna go make a shitload of money. Someone's gonna pull me and just pay me ten million a year. I'm gonna sign a five-year deal, and I'm just gonna. I might fall on my face if I do. So be it. But I'm gonna do my best and be like, Look what crap. It wasn't you. It wasn't you, Brady. He's going to go for the John Gruden deal with, with stock options and the team and everything. <laughs> John Gruden. That's, a, to be honest, the last thing we'll say here, or what, not the last, but that John Gruden deal, he's looking like it. Yeah, he's sounding. Everything he's saying has just got me thinking, Trubs. I hope it, I love Gruden. We know that. I want him to succeed. But what he's... Everything he's saying, like about the data and like, and data? like, I don't, I don't yeah. need that. Him and Hawk Harrelson can go, can go hang together and, and, and bash on saber metrics. Oh, that was so weak. I'll have to get a lighter for the next one. Fuck life. No dive. Fuck life. Uh, you know, some of the other, I, I do agree about the John Gruden thing being an interesting take on the offseason. He is getting some players he loves because he must have sucked so much Jordy Nelson cock on the air. Yeah. Like, it, it's great for him. Like, hey, Jordy Nelson's available? See you later, Crabtree. Yeah. Uh, I love this dude. And then, you know, cutting Marquette King because of his character, even though he's one of the best punters oh. in the league. Like, who the fuck cares? But like, that was, there, it was, he, was made, he was about to make. I'm not sticking up. I think Gruden's got his guys, but they, that guy was about to make like $3 million this year. It's a lot of dough. I, he's like, it's a lot of dough that went Mar- to Gruden. Mar- Marquette <laughs> King was more it. valuable to the Raiders last season in terms of expected points added than Derek Carr. I believe it. Probably, yeah. but it probably, and definitely more than Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, well, we can we can talk about all this stuff. And Doug Martin, we got to forget oh, he ended oh. up there as well. He went well, there too. So yeah. this, okay, well, so this last thing I'll say about it. This is typical Raiders. It's 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 all funny when you see organizations like the Bears who do the same crap year after year after year. We'll see if this new regime actually changes. Are you going to bring up this big the big game muscle hamstring no, against the Raiders? No, no, no. Just the fact that that teams do the same are are the same. They they, they are their identity. These owners who have been there for 50, 60 years, uh, and the Raiders, it, the the Dave, old new Davis is new boss, the same as the old boss. We're going to go after all the old veterans. We're going to spend money on all these guys. We're going to try to patchwork together to win for this year. And we're not really going to be really concentrated in building through the draft or doing anything that way. And, and the Packers are always, we're doing everything through the draft. Uh, you know, and here's the Browns. Graham, no. the Browns Jimmy are, Graham, no. The Browns yeah. are always a team that strikes, that, that, that 
fails in free agency. We'll see if they fail this year in free agency well, and fail in the draft. The funny thing is that Crabtree's lit it up against the Ravens. He has huge games all since the uh, since that Super Bowl uh, loss when he was on the Niners. Like even when he was on the Niners the next year and, and beyond that on the Raiders, he's lit it up against the Ravens. So the Ravens are like, oh yeah, we need to sign him. Obviously, they fucked over uh, Grant. I feel bad for that guy. But Muscle Hamster had his best game ever against the Raiders. Oh yeah, we gotta get this guy. Like it's kind of the this same thing. Do you remember? Do you remember the, like they remember that one two hundred four touchdown game? Like we gotta get this guy. All right, Chicago Bear quiz for you. Who did no. the Bears? Who did the Bears sign at running back after he only had two hundred yard games uh, uh, against any team, and it was against Bears? Uh, Chester Taylor. Nope. That's a while ago. This was uh, he was a Green oh, Bay Packer. Oh, not Marion. Oh, not Marion. Nope, not Barber. Edgar Bennett. Bennett. He had he had like an over a thousand yards on the year, but he only had two hundred yard rushing games. They were both against the Bears, and the Bears were like, "We gotta have that guy." <laughs> I love last year. I, let's let's go. Let's get the draft. <laughs> I bumped I, on the street. I remember maybe it was a couple of years ago. I, I saw a uh, back to the Browns. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's talk some. Fit. We'll, we'll we'll tangent off here. Well, but before we get to the Browns, let's keep the lights on. Oh yeah, advertising. Oh yeah, yeah. it's good to be <laughs> mad, though, you know. Hey, like, I would have I would have gone three hours. <laughs> All right, you're on top. I'm Thank not you. as rusty as. Um, okay, so we we're a half an hour in. We're uh, talking football. Hey, this is just what happens when we get together. Uh, but we are going to try to for the next little bit here and tangents and anything football goes here. All good. Um, let's talk about quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think the best thing to do is just for the very start, we're not going to go here and do like an NFL mock draft or anything like that, but obviously this is a stacked quarterback class. There's a lot of people in the front 6, 7, 10 that are trying to get these guys. People are trading up, trading in. Um, I from I don't think the trading's done, um, and I think a lot of other people do. I think you know there's, there's some teams um, as mentioned, Miami could be in that mix. Buffalo could be trading up higher. Um, as we talked about, Patriots could be up, uh, going the up Cardinals. higher. The Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. Cardinals, Bills. You know, there's a bunch there's of There's a lot of average. things that can happen. So, but let's let's just kind of, and, and feel free to, you know, hype the, put in, uh, you know, Dream World trades or whatever. But we know right now, and this is most likely not going to change, the Browns have the first pick. And they're gonna take a quarterback with this. It's just they're just they just have to do so. Um, I mean, where do you the think talk, this goes? The talk earlier this off season was the Browns had the first and the fourth pick. You know, it was the Giants and Colts in between them who both had established starters. So everybody was like, "Well, they should take Saquon Barkley first mm-hmm. and then draft a quarterback." And then suddenly the Jets are up here, and it's like, "Oh yeah, that would have been a real bad fucking idea." To you know, try and wait till four to draft your first quarterback. Like, but now there's more clarity. We know the Jets uh, have Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater on their depth chart, but they are looking at quarterback. They've got you know high grades on three of these guys, or else they wouldn't have moved up, or wouldn't have moved up at that time and would have waited to see who was on the board on draft day. No, well, you know the Jets are taking a court, but you don't make that trade at that point in time and move up to this position. And the reason why they did it confidently without having to wait to make like the, the sneaky move that the Bears did when no one knew what they were doing is because last year there were only two quarterbacks. 
This year, there are a hell of a lot more than two quarterbacks. So yep. putting yourself in that top three is a great spot. So the Browns. The Browns have been rumored. Uh, you know, there's everybody has a different consensus top quarterback. Let's start with that. Uh, Sam Darnold's been the most often mocked player to the Browns this offseason. Uh, another guy who Mel Kuyper since day one has had Josh Allen, you know, to the Browns, you know, since basically the start of the offseason. Um, so maybe there's some traction to that. Maybe he has some insider info that we don't, we aren't privy to. Maybe they love him, and John Dorsey really does love giant quarterbacks, but with big arms. But what's the difference between you know Sam Darnold and and Josh Allen on the field? And it's basically decision making, and you know caliber NFL throws and accuracy. So everybody's big blunder with Josh Allen is accuracy, accuracy, accuracy. This is a guy who completed you know under sixty percent of his passes his final year in school and has a career completion percentage of under fifty seven percent. So that's a major issue. And guys typically, like since Brett Favre typically, don't really improve on accuracy in the NFL level. Well, and let's also, let's also mention, his first year in, in Wyoming in 2015. 45% or so. Six, no, 66.7%. That was on four of six attempts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then his first full, full year where he threw the 3,200 yards and 28 touchdowns, he completed 56% of his passes. This now, granted, a lot of these are more downfield throws uh, than they are like you know the shorter control passes. But at the same time, that's not a very. You're right. It's not accurate. So it's always about the talk uh, about players on the team in Wyoming and losing his starting tight end and starting wide receiver, and, and you know losing a guy like Tanner Gentry who played for the Bears last year uh, on and off the practice squad. But he's a guy who had 1,300 yards at 18.4 yards a catch and 14 touchdowns mm-hmm. in his senior season in 2016. Uh, so he did lose maybe some of their better right. talent. True, but. You know, you can't elevate the players around you. If you can't in college as a quarterback, how are you going to do it at the pro level? The thing is, the tools are appetizing. He's a big prospect who can move around the field. He looks durable, but he has an injury history. Uh, you know, he's got a shattered collarbone at some point in his college career. So that's a guy you look at, and hey, that's an injury red flag if we're going to talk about you know Josh Rosen's concussion history. So, Allen's got a lot of red flags. Sam Darnold just ends up being a cleaner prospect. I, I agree, and, and I think I wonder if people are thinking with Josh Allen kind of similarly, like they were thinking with Carson Wentz. Here's a guy from a smaller school, big That's guy. That's been one of the most mentioned comps, but but it's so it's wrong. Different. It's so wrong. Here, here is here is what. Um, so in his small sample size, Carson Wentz in his first two seasons. Uh, where he completed 12 of 16 and 22 of 30, 75 and 73. But then he was completing 63.7 and 63% of his passes. This is not that type of a, the same type of a, of a player uh, as, as what you get from Josh Allen. And, you know, and, and there were so many questions that people had about Wentz. 
And I don't think just because of Wentz's success that that automatically means that all those question marks go away for Allen. Sight confirmation bias. I I loved Wentz so much when he was coming out, though, just because he just had that that athletic ability that I think neither of these guys have with their legs. Um, Obviously, they've got more um, gigantic size and arm strength and whatnot, but just the the thing that I loved so much about Wentz was just that that, that athletic ability. Want to know who I'm going to say? Obviously, Sam Darnold was today at the Browns facility, so he met with them today. And then there, a lot of the Twitter buzz is that the other guys is Josh Allen. I think after Baker Mayfield goes in there and, 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 and meets with them, they're just going to feed. I, I think that's going to be their guy. I really do. I, okay, I, okay you, 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 that's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm, obviously I go a lot by a pro football focus, and I look at how much how high they are, and I've been looking at everybody's mock drafts um, across NFL, Bucky Brooks, you know. The Talk guys about an accurate passer. Here's a guy who's thrown over 70% completed over 70% far, of his passes the last two seasons. Almost every stat other than these arm strength and height He's better than these other guys. Leader, the intangibles. Do it. He was in the championship game, or, or uh, went super uh, super deep. He wasn't in the championship game. He was in the uh, in the bowl. Um, let me give you two numbers. Those other guys weren't. Let me give you two numbers. He changed that. Eighty-three and fourteen. What is eighty-three and what is fourteen for Baker Mayfield? Eighty-three is. Pres- uh, uh, percentage. No, no. Please. 83 and 14 is the amount of touchdowns to interceptions he's thrown over the last two seasons. Insane. Now, the, the other thing that, that, that one thing that tells me that I worry for Cleveland about going to Baker Mayfield is here's another outspoken personality like they have with Johnny Manziel, and I, I wonder if they might be shying away from bringing that guy in. But if you have Tyrod Taylor, this, this is where I think if you want it. If you want to bring him beat out Tyrod Taylor, no, 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 that's not the point. I, I, but, I just think, he but, would. but he's also a guy who who can run and throw on the run, and so maybe Tyrod, maybe they're thinking that they know that they're going to take Baker Mayfield no matter what. This could be an interesting thing. I could be a smokescreen. And then and then Taylor's the perfect guy to kind of teach him the offense because they run similarly and they play similarly. Picture I posted on on Twitter uh, about a week ago was uh, Baker Mayfield standing back to back with Russell Wilson. It's about too much. Yeah, I saw Russell that, yeah. Wilson. Um, who did Russell Wilson beat out that rookie season um, when they were just like like literally by the first week of the Mathlin? Mathlin, yeah, okay. not the greatest, but Norris Tyler. They, they, they signed him to a big deal, a big deal because yes. they had those couple big games with yeah. the Packers. But remember, it was like week one week in, into that into that training, they were like, "All right, Russell Wilson starting. This is a f- what, fourth rounder or whatever. We third either start yeah. third rounder starting." I I honestly think you know who. We're, I'm, not, I'm no, uh, you know, uh, no drafter and expert on this stuff, but there's something that tells me that just the, the, the mindset, the personality, the leadership, that he could, that they're just going to be like, all right, this guy ain't big, but either was Brady, or I mean, uh, Breeze, either. And I just think that they're, they're going to go with the character and all, all the, all the skill set over just, once again, the big body, the big arm. It's like, do you guys, who do you Sam, think? Sam Darnold's not that guy, though. Sam Darnold's right. not just the big body. No, I know. I know. Sam, Sam Darnold's one of the youngest QB prospects that if he were to start week one in like NFL history. So he's a young player with room to develop. His numbers in uh, you know, his basically sophomore season you know, were good. Mm-hmm. But when he started as a redshirt freshman, and that's when he really came onto the scene to where he was going to be a top five pick in the draft – uh, you know, they they were even better. Th- this is a guy who has NFL caliber ball placement. 
And when people look at you know college passers, they don't care so much about accuracy because there are so many completion percentage accuracy. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there are so many of those bubble screens and jet screens and shovel passes that are built into college offenses now because they are so effective. But NFL caliber ball placement in terms of accuracy is a totally different trait oh, that Darnold and Rosen are head and shoulders above these other prospects at. So, so but talking, he also he's also got you know the size mix and this, he's six four. He's got a good weight on. He comes from a college too, where they ran an offense that runs pro routes. So I, I think all these guys the offenses are so different now. That this pro style and college spread style are always fusing together. True, so but, but court, what I'm saying is that where Darnold, what you're talking about with the, the routes and things that he can throw, which is one of the most important throws that a quarterback has to make, can you throw a 10-yard out to the sideline? Yes. And can you get it there before that ball flutters and the defender can just cut it off and take it to the house? He can make every pass, and you're right, he's got it. But with Darnold, what, from what I've seen, read, and... and Listening to people that actually study and do this for a fucking living, unlike myself, his deep ball's not great. Now, what I'm, what I'm also reading on the flip side is that when a play breaks down, and I think this is hugely important, this is why Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time, when a play, play breaks down, he's got these innate eyes in the back of his head style to be able to make something, step to the side, and just like run for his life. And Aaron Rodgers is why he's the best Carson right now. Wentz, run, we showed it last year yeah, too. There you go. Run for your life, but while you're running for your life, you're not just running for your life. Like so many, you're heading down, you're like, okay, what, what just opened? Because this happened. And he's got that ability, which I think is huge. It's the intangible, I think, to get yourself so that you can be a pro bowler at the next level. It's like, shit break it down. You got 365 pound Olympic athlete level people running at you, and all of a sudden you need to be able to say, "All right, Plan B," at almost every play. So it's interesting. So let me let me bring in the other quarterback into the conversation here because you haven't mentioned Josh Rosen yet, and it's it's almost because the things and this is kind of the weirdest thing. The things that I was hearing on a couple different uh, places that I'm reading over the last uh, week and a half is that the Browns won't take Josh Rosen because he's too smart. Yep. You know, and, and <laughs> you want your quarterback to be smart, but it, it was interesting when I heard somebody, um, I think it was Matt Miller, um, uh, was explaining this, and he was talking about that, that here's a guy that where they worry about the smartness, it's not about, they, they worry that, that he, he, he doesn't need football. Right, like, like uh, you know, he's, he's the, the family's got money. You know, he's got it. You know, he'll be able to be successful or, or have a career outside of football. And if he realizes that his head's getting bashed in, that he may just decide, like some of these other guys, I'm just going to retire. So I'm not going to be your eat, drink, football, you know, 24 uh, seven Tom Brady type of a guy. Thirteen year career, right? You know, I may just say, you know what, I'm going to have a good run and. Once it starts getting to me, I'm not going to be letting myself be Chris Chandelier. Remember Chris Chandler? Yeah. Had so many concussions and to say... This is what happened with Cade McNown. This exact thing. Same school. He went to UCLA, came from money, and got it, did his thing, got a pro career. It was like, fuck, why would I turn this down? He was but never he was, he was never good. But he was never, never, good. Good. He he was never good. But he we took Bears took him what sixth, seventh pick? Eighth, eighth pick. The, the, yeah. But but he but was very similar. He came from money, had he, he, people were well, worried so that he wasn't Luck. gonna be a so did Andrew Luck. Guy. So did Andrew Luck. But no one said that about Andrew Luck. 
It's just weird. There, so, you know, but Rosen, you know, is a guy who's also a, a, an accurate passer, not not the top of the class like like some of these other guys, not like Baker Mayfield, doesn't have like the, the gaudy touchdown to, to interception numbers, but it just seems to be a guy who understands the game so well, which means that he could kind of fit into any system. And the place where where you keep hearing the talk for him, though, is to go toward the Jets because Makes sense. and again it's so weird because like well because you can't bring you can't bring the country into the city and expect it to work right well Carson Wentz is he in the heat country he's in Philadelphia it's kind of a big city kind of close by <laughs> leave that bullshit alone know, that's, that's my point I'm trying to expose it as it's all bullshit it's so stupid why why would the Browns say that we're not going to look at this guy because he's too smart he scored too high in the wonder lick or you he know, didn't even score the highest. The highest. I no, they, they said they were saying that he actually kind of like maybe uh, self didn't do oh, as well in order to not score S- in the forties. Self deprecating. Yes, Wonderlick score. No, never. He's happen. Jewish, right? Never had. Oh, I have no idea. I'm a self deprecating Jew. Yeah, well, yeah. Most of us are. I'm a self deprecating non Jew. Um, <laughs> That, that's our Josh strength. Allen had the best Wonderlick. He he scored a 37. Rosen was a 29. You want to know who scored a Lamar, um, Lamar uh, scored, scored a thirty-eight. Who more than uh, which is nine more than Rosen? Colin Kaepernick. What a what, oh. a, what a deadbeat that too guy. Smart, too smart. Too See, smart. See, he's an activist. <laughs> See, he's an activist. Too uh, smart. But yeah, this Wonderlick scores. I don't. I've seen Wonderlick tests. I remember. I've like, taken two in the last week. Really? I, yeah, we yeah. did four years ago. I remember we t- we looked at a bunch of them. Do you know what he scored? Yeah, 45. But Come on! I'll show you. Sick party! Show me all these guys. 45 and a 42 on two different ones. Gabbert, you, you tied with Gabbert, and you beat. The only person you didn't beat on my list is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Harvard boy, 48. Yeah. I, I've never taken the one. There's a couple like 50s, apparently. But, but apparently, Stags was. So, as I was saying, the amount of money I'm going to be making would hurt your parents' feelings. <laughs> you remember the class where I taught you all how to make a grade? That's what I'm gonna be doing every single night. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Listen here, you beautiful bitch. I'm about to fuck you up with some truth. So let me fuck you up with some truth. Give it. Well, I, I love Baker Mayfield's prospects, and his advanced metrics are far and far above, you know, anybody we've seen. And you right. look at you know, top five to ten seasons in quarterbacking history, he's been one of the most efficient passers ever in college football. The question is, how does that translate to the NFL game? It doesn't. Some parts do, some parts don't. Baker is going to be a guy who's going to need some help. He's going to need an offensive line around him. Don't give me this. He's too short. He's going to have more batted balls bullshit because there is no correlation between height and batted balls. Um, you know, So you're looking at things he can do well. He's not a great runner like Russell Wilson, but he, he's that type of average runner that moves around in the pocket, always has his eyes downfield. I, I just don't think a team like Cleveland is going to be the progressive team that takes him. I think they're looking at prototypical traits. This is what a pro quarterback should be. We've got the football guys running the fucking organization now. We take a, a big football guy in Sam Darnold, whose fucking uncle's name's Dick Hammer. Um, is it? Yes. That's, that's a sick name. Um, it's better than the, the car. The the, uh, the car racer's name was Dick Trickle. Yes, Dick Trickle. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, and the one thing I liked about you know Sam at the beginning during the combine, it was like what a lot of quarterbacks do. What what 
uh, Josh Rosen's doing. Like, I don't want anything to do with Cleveland. You know, we've seen that road. Everyone's seen that jersey with 38 names on it. Uh, I don't want to be there. Sam Darnold, yesterday or the day before, said, I'm doing what it takes to get drafted by Cleveland. He's yeah. like, I want to, I'm, I'm trying to go to Cleveland. Which says, like, I want to be on them. I want to be the first pick. And, you know, that's smart. You make more money. You do a lot of stuff. But even him saying that, it's the exact opposite of Eli Manning back in the day with the, the, the Diego. I won't, I won't go like, to San Diego. Like right, yeah. <laughs> Look, we, we've seen all the other things. I just want to go back to Baker Mayfield real quick. The other, the other thing that made Baker Mayfield was he had great wide receivers. And it wasn't just one wide receiver. He had three great wide receivers. So... One you, year, just this year. Just last year, you had Marquise Brown caught 57 catches for 1,095 yards. Don't. Mark, Mark Andrews caught 62 for 958. Uh, CeeDee Lamb caught 46 for 807. Those guys averaged 17 points, and, and everyone's averaging 19, 17 yards a catch. You're Oklahoma. You're playing against some scrubs. You're you're getting all the main. You know you're you're the you're the top of the. Of the That's of the, the thing. 12. Big twelve. Big twelve. Defense. Right. Sterling Shepard. <laughs> what? What? Three defense? years ago, Mayfield. Texas Tech always puts up the ridiculous numbers. Big twelve. Don't get over. Don't buy into all the the, the numbers. Don't have, don't really mean as much. I'm not saying I'm not saying this to stick up for Mayfield, yeah. but in general, and sometimes when stats like that are made, I'm not saying that's the case here, but. You know, cart before the horse. Maybe the reason why these wide receivers are awesome is because this guy's that good at hitting them on the run, getting his accuracy, making the right play. Um, you know, I think I think sometimes it's, it, it goes both ways, kind of like Houdini back in uh, in college. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the other thing that is in college, you know what it oh. is. If you have talent <laughs> in college, it's all about. Going I, both I go, ways. You always go both ways. No, it is that these guys. Can get separation in college. You you get no separation in the NFL. So you can make a mistake with these guys because you have a, a three yard difference between them and the defensive back. It's not hard to complete seventy percent when you're throwing to a wide open guy. Yeah, um, and we got to remember the talent he's had around him in previous years. He's had guys like you know first round pick, second round pick, Joe Mixon. You know, Samaj P. Ryan, Sterling Shepard, D.D. Westbrook. He's always Dee, been. That's right. Dee he's Dee, always yeah. been surrounded by you know NFL caliber pass catchers and NFL caliber weapons on the in, the line. Yeah. And some of these guys don't have that. Uh, you know, USC had you know one of the worst offensive lines in college football last season. Sam Darnold had one of the highest pressure rates, but he sort of succeeded through that pressure. But he also. Had throws where under pressure he made the bad decisions. Right, which is which is what which is what young guys are going to do. But you'd rather have a guy at least see. That's why I like Darnold personally for them better too because I just don't the May, the Mayfield thing is I if you're going to ask me of these five the uh, Mayfield thing for me is is, is is me hoping that happens because I like him. But the truth is what it sounds like. It's it's more of a Rosen versus Allen. I want to ask this: like, if, if you have to rank the top five quarterbacks, okay? We have let's 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 talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson. Well, hold on. Look, let's just want to let's just want to call the top four. We're still going. We're kind of you're, you're you're jumping us. Around. I'm sorry. Okay, I didn't mean um, to do that. But we're we've got we're going off the of Stags uh, ranking, so I think you know, you know we've just been talking about everyone. So yeah, no, that's good. There's not there doesn't <laughs> need to be a structure. But there are some things I want to say about some of the guys we've already talked Perfect. about as well. Um, you you like Darnold the best. Do you think if you were in the front office and you had the call and you're on the Browns, um, you're going Darnold? 
Darnold's clean. Like his struggles are things that can be made made up, but I am always on NFL caliber touch and NFL caliber ball placement. So if I could see those things to where he's hitting, you know, wide receivers in the numbers on slant routes, and the ball's hitting the outside shoulder when he's throwing, uh, you know, go routes, and the ball's right on the sideline when he's, you know, rolling out on the bootleg and throwing the ten yard outs, and his ability to move, his his size, his pr- like everything from a size standpoint is everything he wants. He's got, you know, good athleticism. He moves around. And, you know, he knows how to hit players and manipulate throwing lanes. Uh, so when a guy is coming over the middle, he can change his arm angle and change his release a little bit, uh, you know, to get the ball out. And he knows how to hit pass catchers out of the backfield. He knows how to hit slot players. Uh, and, you know, to run a true sort of NFL spread concept system, I think he's the best fit and just clean to where the only thing you're going to have to worry about is maybe he has a, a few more interceptions yeah, than you yeah. like. Mm-hmm. But the perfect the perfect interception rate in the NFL is not zero. Right. That means you're not taking chances. That means you're not trying to push the ball into tight windows when sometimes you have to. There's no way to get around that. And if you're having the Nick Foles season of the, what was it, 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, yes. you got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. yes. That's it. And let's remember, even before, Whoever they take, let's say it's Darnold. This wide receiver crew, pretty good, pretty good, pretty it's good. fucking ridiculous, pretty that's good, pretty good. With getting Landry, who we think we all agree is more of a, a short game, and what, what's more perfect Isn't for a that, rookie, a rookie guy to be able to dump off to a dude that's going low and getting his six, six to ten yards a crack. Also, isn't isn't Jarvis Landry the perfect foil to Flash Gordon? Yeah. I mean, you need the other guy to do the dirty work, and you let Flash be Flash. Who's who's Darnold's uh, pro for each of you guys? Who's Darnold's pro? Is Pat? it is it Ben Roethlisberger? Who's his comparison? Is it Ben? Is it who is this guy? Who do you think? I I don't like pro comps because they're always statistical comps. Typically, I like stylistic comps. Yeah, yeah. Who I does agree. who does he play like? That's what I'm saying. I agree with that. He's probably like. I, I liken him to Matthew Stafford with a little less arm uh, in terms of top end going deep down the field. But I, I like his ability to move around the pocket. Which is not Stafford-like. Hey, Stafford can move at, <laughs> around the pocket, not run. Those okay. are different uh, things. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, I like it. The Darnold. We've da- we covered Darnold. If you got anything else on him, say, say your piece. Um, I, again, I, I, the thing I say is he was there today. He wants to go to Cleveland, and I think that's half the battle. And I think it sounds like they'll probably end up taking him. Uh, you know, it sounds like Al and him, or maybe a flyer, and my Baker Mayfield comes around. But uh, they're not going to take. If, if he hadn't said that, I don't think they were going to take him. You know, you got to when you're in Cleveland, when you're in some of these lower market, you got to have a guy that says, you know what. I, I want to be a part of this tribe, or else you're wasting your fucking time and you play the, the fan base. Everyone's, yeah. Yeah, everyone's yeah. going to hate. Um, so, next guy that's on your rankings, and I don't know, is there a guy that you think that's your number one? Let's say his number one guy is Sam Darnold, just in general. Well, are we talking about who I think will be the, the first pick or who I think will end up having the best NFL career? Maybe we should save that. I don't know. Let, 
doesn't those, matter. Those are different things. Yeah, right. Because for me, but even you, who has the best fantasy season, oh, that's yeah, very too. different, and that's different than who has okay. the best NFL so let's, career too. Let's right. talk about that right now. Let's talk about that right now. First, who do you think the Browns will take? Just it is for me. It, it, everything I'm seeing is it's between Allen and Darnold. I, I think that they're going to be smart enough. To not be overwhelmed by the Allen the thing, and they should throw. go. They should yes. go Darnold. They should go Darnold. Okay, let's go. This we're talking about quarterbacks. Let's talk fantasy this season. Out of the guys, and if it turns into a guy that, that is going later, like a Jackson or Lamar Jackson or something. I mean, Lamar Jackson we, has the most fantasy we, viability. Could he be the starter? I mean, his rushing alone, you know. Is you better. Know, this is where the yards more. that guy had last year. Yes. Rushing. Yeah, a ton. I'll tell you right now. Yes. Last year, I know what he had. Five hundred more yards rushing. No, four hundred yards more rushing than Saquon Barkley. He had sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred yards. And he had fifteen hundred and seventy-one the year before. Neither year Saquon Barkley had those. those and the year, as a freshman, he had nine hundred and sixty. I mean, he is just <laughs> a, the ridiculous. He's had yes. better yards rushing and the last two yards, two years than. And he's thrown. Was, he's thrown over thirty-five hundred uh, passing yeah. yards the last two years oh, as well. Now you saw his pro day last week. It did not look pretty. A lot of those throws were like, well, I think, think that thing hit. I the think wall. people need to start to stop throwing at Louisville pro days. Apparently, yeah, right. <laughs> it might be a little bit of the facility. Yeah. Blame it on that dome. <laughs> that dome's crazy. Uh, <laughs> the wind in that dome. I'm telling you, it's all do you over think the place. Jet, do you think that that's your guy, Lamar Jackson? Do you think he'll be unless he? If he goes to the right team, do you think, you know, if he goes to the New Orleans Saints, obviously. Well, uh, how about if we put it on a level playing field here? Let's, let's we'll get to the fantasy aspects after the draft. But right, so but let's let's say just say, assume that all of these guys go to a, a team where they get to start. They're the day one starters? Yeah, day one starters. I'm we're, taking we're, we're Lamar Jackson first yeah, in I fantasy. Too. Too. Uh, the rushing productivity is just going to be outrageous, and it's going to give them such a safe floor that, you know, when he has... A Deshaun Watson-like stretch of hitting a couple receivers, it's just going to be 25 fantasy points, 25 fantasy points, 25 fantasy Couldn't points. I 100% agree with that, too. The thing is, if you're going to ask me who now who has maybe the best five-year fantasy run, the thing that you worry about with um, uh, Jackson. Lamar Jackson is the same thing that happened to RG3, where you had that amazing rookie year, and then you had the injuries, and then who just signed him, by the way? The Ravens. The Ravens. Yes, he's back. Um, so, to me, I'm 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 going to stick with Josh Rosen. I really think that you know. Uh, you think Jets, Jets, and Rosen? I, I, if that's where he ends up, and I don't care. I'm, I'm, we're saying I can't I'm, talk I'm about saying, fantasy. I'm saying regardless where I, they end up, I think if Rosen oh, yeah, yeah. Is, is a starter from day one, uh, not the best year this year because again. Jackson's a runaway because no, none of these guys are going to, you know, I have the, the proof. No one throws 20, 30, 30 touchdowns. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So you're going to get 15 to 22, 24 touchdowns on a high end. And you're going to get a lot of interceptions. I want Jackson's rushing yards, but Rosen over a five-year run, I think, will be the I best want Jackson. I want Jackson to land on Arizona Cardinals. And like we said, first week of preseason, Bradford, uh, Bradford will fuck up something. And then it's like, all right. I don't even know if he needs to fuck up something. He's got a degenerative knee issue. We know Wait, Mike, so he's already fucked up. We, we know we know Mike Glennon is fucking awful. So yeah, if you land there, you probably got a pretty good chance of starting. Um, 
especially you know if Sam Bradford, you know something happens early. But I talk about a guy that's just stolen money from the NFL. The last guy to get the big payout and how many big contracts? Who called him out of that? Everybody, uh, but there was a, last week. He should donate money to the somebody, NFL. He should donate like like thirty million to the NFL. Two weeks ago, someone said like, "I did not get this guy. He's been stealing money from franchises since he came in the league." Absolutely. Um, but you know, all things equal, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson's fantasy productivity over a five year stretch. You, you think you think he has the potential to stay I, healthy for five years? There's no correlation between yeah. being a rushing quarterback and injury rates. And we saw it. That first two, those Pro, first two no, years with RG3, sliding he was being a douche. He was how many, to okay, well, how big, how, Cam is like, we know Cam survives. No, don't, Cam says, don't do this. 240, 250 Zero pounds. correlation. How RG3, how big was he? He's skinny. He's like, he wasn't. 6'3", 215. And that's based on the same size as Lamar Jackson. Yes. Six three two eleven, but freak knee injuries. Like, yeah, I know they're, they're freakish. They happen to everybody. They happen to offensive linemen in the trenches. They tear their ACLs. They don't have to be athletic specimens to tear an ACL. Uh, you can get hit in, in the you know standing in the pocket do, like though, Carson Palmer. But the problem is also for running for running quarterbacks when you do have a, a zero correlation. I'm not, I'm not even trying to talk about the injury. I'm just talking about him getting hit in the head. He's going to get destroyed. He There's going to be a couple big hits. Hopefully, he's he knows take. how to run because I think RG three back in the day was doing sideline dances and those th- those. Right. And Russell Wilson was running out of bounds. Yeah. Learn from Russell Wilson. He can be like Russell Wilson and say, "I don't care about that extra two yards. Yeah. I'm going to get out of bounds." Then he can have a longevity, and he could be he, he could had, be something special. If he had done that, he'd have a hundred million dollar contract that he never got. Right, but the problem is a lot of these guys just they don't make that right decision. I mean, he's the, the clo- he's the closest comp to Michael Vick that there is. But Russell Wilson also scored Lamar. higher on the one. What did yeah. he score on the one Who? Six. Lamar. Oh, Lamar, not good. Uh, not good at all. He, Sixteen. Yeah, thirteen. I have. Yeah, 13. So uh, Baker Mayfield is 25, Sam Darnold 28, Rosen 29. Uh, do you have Josh Russell Allen? Wilson? No, but I have other guys. I've got Fitzpatrick is 48, Blaine Gabbert 42, Wentz and Alex I'm Smith look, I'm 40. Uh, Eli Manning is 39, uh, Stafford and Kaepernick 38, Romo Locke 37. Uh, Russell Wilson is wonderful. And Staggs beat all of them except for. Fitzpatrick, man. Got to see um, on my screenshot. Yeah, it looks like he had a twenty. Uh, let's talk. Twenty-eight. He had a twenty-eight. Russell Wilson. Russell did. Yeah. So let's talk about twenty-eight. Let's talk about Josh Allen then. Let's say that we're not talking about him in a way that he's going to Cleveland. Let's you want to talk about the number two pick? Yeah. Yeah. Want to keep going down the pick? Yeah. Let's go yeah. Giants. So Giants, uh, if they don't take a quarterback, it's going to be puzzling to me. You know, you've got Eli Manning, who's declined statistically each of the last couple of years. He's 37 years old. Uh, they don't have an heir apparent. Uh, they don't have an heir apparent on the roster. Uh, you know, their team just doesn't have a window of winning a Super Bowl with Eli Manning. So if you don't have a quarterback for the next window, you know, this and you is have the, the number two pick. Yeah, this <laughs> is the time to look at. And if you're drafting at number two and you take a player that's not a quarterback. I think you're playing bad value. 
So I think you take a quarterback at two or you trade back. My bet for a trade back would be 12 with Buffalo because they've got two picks in the first round. Or if they don't want to get too far back and want to have a chance at a guy like Bradley Chubb at five, Mm -hmm. then maybe you trade back to five with the Denver Broncos because apparently they're one of the guys they're enamored with, they signed Case Keenum. Yeah. So we don't know what they think of Case Keenum for the long term, but they're apparently enamored with Baker Mayfield. They worked him out at the Senior Bowl, and you know they like that cocky sort of attitude he has. So if they were to trade up because, hey, say, say there's rumors that the Jets like Baker, then you got to go up to two to get him. You trade back. You know, you give up. You know, second, third, second, fourth, because you're only a few picks behind. You don't have to give up that much in terms of uh, of value. And maybe Baker Mayfield goes off the board at two. Uh, and maybe you know, if the Bills go up there, they're apparently they like Josh Allen. They like big guys who can cut it through the fucking wind and sleep. Because yeah, I love the line, the line that Charlie Casserly goes. Built to throw in the snow. <laughs> I love that guy. He's terrible. His mock drafts are the worst, but I love the guy. Well, let's let's the old curmudgeon <laughs> talking about the young guys. Like, oh yeah. Well, when we did, when we brought him, brought him ripping. We bought him Mark ripping. Let me harken back to my day. I love that guy. But before we carry on with the rest of this conversation, let's go ahead and hit a word from our sponsors. So it's interesting to me, I agree with you that the Giants would be smart. They're either taking a quarterback there or they're trading down and say, we'll take one of the other quarterbacks that we can get. You know, we'll let the, the we'll take the last one that's left, right? Or n- none at all. Or none at all, right. If you're not taking a quarterback, I think the move is to trade out. Yeah. Like, this is the year where you got to come up. No, but, 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 but if you're making the, the trade with Denver, right, you could potentially slide back to six. So the difference, or at five, right? So at five, right, because the Colts have six. If you're at five, you're going to get one of these quarterbacks. I don't know if that that's it, true. If you want, if there's five quarterbacks. If you want one of the quarterbacks and you're at number five, you're going to get one of the quarterbacks. Well, people are talking about Lamar Jackson. Like he yeah. is a, Just some people, yeah. like, like he is a wide receiver. Yeah. Like he is a second round pick. The five of them are Darnold, Rosen, right. those are my rankings. Mayfield, and Allen. Are those are the those are the guys that the consensus top four? Lamar is definitely more. Right, of right. I, I, underst- I understand, but if you if they are sitting there saying we're happy and, and we put Lamar Jackson toward that type of a situation, you say we're willing to take that risk. You can sit there and say, I'll just take what, what's left. I think if you move back, you're not taking a quarterback. Because yeah. then if you're taking a quarterback, you take the best one at two. But here's the other thing. Because that's the same thing with the Browns. Stop and being what? fucking stupid and take the guy you have the highest grade on. And the other thing is this. <laughs> There's another thing that, you, that may happen, and we've seen this happen before. You, you may not want that quarterback right now, and you draft him. And then you're trying to make that trade with uh, you take the guy that you know Denver wanted, and yeah. you try to make them have to give you the the deal that allows you to then go back and then get your chub and then do your your, your next couple moves. What if you draft two quarterbacks if you're the Browns? Like what you could up, do that too. What up, smellers? You absolutely Let's could. Do it. But why don't I, I again? I want the Browns. I just want. I, I think the best move that they can do is take uh, the quarterback first, whoever they like, but. You got Joe, and I know what you're saying. Joe Thomas is gone. Grab Quentin Nelson, dude. If you do those two picks, 
That's fucking ridiculous. You got that? He's like, I just don't he's think the next. He's the next. I think uh, generational offense lineman like Joe Thomas. I just don't, I don't think know he, that he is. I don't know that he plays tackle. It's a problem. That's my point. It's a it's a, it's a, it's no, a glorified. I, have, it's I a, haven't seen it's a glorified Kyle Long. It's a glorified Kyle Long. He's a great guard. Thank you. Great. Right. And they have two great guards. Right. Signed to forty million dollar contracts. So where's he gonna play? Right. Uh, so I see things that he's coming to the Bears, and I want that. I don't. I don't. I want the Bears to get uh, a lockdown corner to add to the. To the I, I want to go for the Denzel uh, Ward. Uh, Denzel Ward. That's Here all day. Yeah, all day. But so so my ideal Browns. I thing, hate you guys. Sorry, man. That, that's what they need. They, they, they brought the other guys back, and the Bears bring. That's what they need. Anyway, I think. I think the quarterback, <laughs> the quarterbacks, the four quarterbacks are going to find a way to go one through four. Mm-hmm. Uh, people always move up for quarterbacks, so I think there's going to be trades. I think you know Cleveland could look to move out of four, go back to twelve and twenty-two with the Bills, wow. uh, add additional assets. I hope it happens. You know, there's things along those lines that always happen. It, you know, the, the quarterbacks always get drafted higher than we think. So if we're going to mock, you know, four in the top sixteen, it should probably be more like four in the top ten. Things along those lines. So I think they're going one through four. Uh, is Lamar a top? Is Lamar a top fifteen pick? I I think the Cardinals. If he gets to the Cardinals and he's there, they've just got to be like uh, Sam Bradford. So, so selling here's jerseys. I, here's what I want to seats. I, I just had to check because I was trying to think of like the only other year that I could think of where there was that many quarterbacks that could have gone. I don't know that that's ever happened. No, not the the closest was back in it was 1999. We were talking about it earlier. The Cade McNown year. You had number one went Tim Couch. Mm-hmm. Two was Donovan McNabb. Three was Achilles Smith. And then you had Edger and James, Ricky Williams, Tory Holt. And it went all the way to oh, so then it was that was the next. No, it was Dante Culpepper oh. at eleven, and then Kate McDonough at twelve. Yeah, and let's let's remember uh, what two thousand eleven. Let me the, look it up. The yeah. year with Locker and Ponder and all these guys and EJ. He's in the EJ Manual. Here, so okay, two thousand eleven. Cam Newton went number one. Yeah. Then it was then uh, you didn't have a quarterback taken again until pick eight with Jake Locker. Uh, and, then? and then it was ten with here. Gabbard, and then it was twelve with Ponder. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yep. four in the top twelve. Four in the top twelve. Yep. So I, I think a run like that's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I don't. I, I think there's five teams that you know need quarterbacks. So if there's five of them, then you got to be quick on the trigger. You got to be quick on the trigger. You got to make your move. You got to try and get your guy. Yeah. So you know Denver moves up to two. Drafts Baker Mayfield, three, they go Josh Rosen, best pick of the bunch. Then four, Josh Allen still on the board. Cleveland holds all the cards. They could, you know, quickly take Bradley Chubb, run run to the fucking podium with a guy like that to have Miles Garrett and Bradley Chubb. Because if you want to win football games in the NFL, the way easiest ways to do it are have crazy pass rush or passing games. So what's gonna help there? Um, they I, get both. Yeah. In, in you get help with both. Can I get a You who shitheads? I just found a bag of fireworks in the men's restroom. Would you guys like to light them off? What do you, I'm gonna let everyone know what I'm drinking. I've been talking about it on Twitter, how much I love it for years, and finally it's among us. Um, 
Hi-Li from Cigar City Brewing uh, has become available in Chicago since our last that's a, podcast. That's a Florida beer, right? Florida beer, yeah. St. Petersburg. Good times. And on February 19th, it became uh, available here. Um, and I've been enjoying it. To be honest, I kind of hit it heavy the first couple weeks. But <laughs> it is a 7.5 um, pale ale. Which oh, is, so you're, you're getting into Houdini territory. No, to be honest, I can't deal with it. So I, I got to go down. It's like... These are, this is like a little too, you, you can't, oh, a six, like on a fifth beer, I'm pretty goosed up. I'm you can't such nail it. You can't yeah, such nail it. I can't do it. So, um, I love it. Good times. Um, but it is, it, it really gets me tuned up. Well, I had a pour on my last one. I'm going to, I'm going to do a better one. This one, tapping it to make it pop louder. This is Stone IPA. Is that really Val right? Verde. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, is that your tavern like the bunghole or something? I'm to give you the best week of your life. I want you to think you were coming with me. You can redo it. Whatever. Why is Final it? gift to you. Redo uh, it again. Technical difficulty. I decided to give you the best week of your life. I wanted you to think you were coming with me. Consider it my final gift to you. So let me let me let me also make a point here, because um, I was kind of going back. I went over like the last eleven years looking at drafts and looking at quarterbacks, and we're talking about like all these quarterback classes. Um, Two thousand eleven, was you know who else was in that class? Who got drafted later? Got Andy Dalton in that class too. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good quarterback class. Then you go like so. 2007 sucked. You had Jamarcus Russell, Brady Quinn. Who who do you think? I, I didn't put it on the list. Do you know who was the best? Uh, he played for, I believe it was the Buffalo Bills in 2007, who had the most passing yards as a rookie at 1,500. His initials were T-E. Trent Edwards. Trent Edwards. <laughs> nice. Then he had a good year in 2008, but it was only two, Ryan and Flacco. Then you had, uh, 2009, you had uh, Stafford, Sanchez, and Freeman, and that was basically it. This is just a rarity that you have this many quarterbacks. So, our off talked about Sam Bradford, came out with Colt McCoy, Jimmy Clausen, Tim Tebow, horrible year. Thanks, Sashi. Followed by Cam, Dalton, Gabbert, Ponder, and uh, the, the what we talked about. Then you had Luck, Whedon, Tannehill, RG3, uh, Russell Wilson, Nick Foles. That was a decent year, coming out for quarterback. I like the way I like the way it's always it's been last name for everyone except for Russell. <laughs> I was trying to think because I thought you had to print it out. I was trying to keep it within a certain parameter that would fit on a, uh, uh, on a landscape. I go eleven by seventeens. I can fit anything. <laughs> look at look at 2013, the great year if you wanted to trade up for a quarterback. Geno Smith, Mike Lennon, EJ Manuel, Matt McGloin. Matt, I pulled my groin. EJ Manuel. God, that oh. guy went out quick. I love Matt. Next one's funny. 2014. Derek Carr, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Blake Bortles, and Zach Mettenberger. Which, do you remember Dogmatica's name uh, for the, the when he had like the Mettenberger's... Uh, Pet, Pet and the Double Furburger. <laughs> the double no, no, but you, but you left out too. Jimmy G and Johnny Manziel. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right, right, right. That's not Jimmy Graham. That's Jimmy G. Jimmy G. So that was a, a, a deep draft of not much. Yeah. Um, so it it may not be one of the best quarterback years when so, all is said and done. 
But when you look at the guys' prospects, yeah. and that's what we have to do as they come into the NFL. That's the only thing we have. It's one of the deeper quarterback classes. People oh. have been saying today that they think six to seven players could be solid starters in NFL you know, locker rooms eventually. And guys like Luke Falk, you know, you know, should he get a chance to develop... Uh, you know, in a system, in a pro-style system that lets him go through the reads, he could be a good, you know, developmental type quarterback. And Mason Rudolph, who we haven't really discussed, you know, put up gaudy numbers in the Big 12 as well. But that's another guy who they think can develop. The, the interesting, this is why I was, my number one thing that I was interested in was this quarterback carousel. Because we have these top four, potentially five, you know, quarterbacks that are going to be going to teams and actually being able to play it's and you have these placeholders that got put everywhere because we've had like that, that good core of quarterbacks, right? And then we just have had as I went through that list, not a lot of guys that are you're like, wow, these are the top guys in the league. It's it's kind of wide open and everyone's looking for the next best thing, that, that new shiny object to bring in to, uh, in to put it on their finger. You want to know how wide open it is? Remember, I, I remember I had the list. I, I don't have it on me right now, but I'm going to come up with some good names right now. In 2017, mm-hmm. these are quarterbacks that were starting and for teams many games or were the week one starter or whatever. Listen to these names. Brian Hoyer for the San Francisco 49ers. Josh McCown, who I like if he can stay healthy, uh, for uh, the Jets. Um Tom Savage was a starter for the uh, Houston. Uh, Mike Lennon for the Chicago Bears. Jared Goff turned out pretty good. Bortles had a good season. Deshaun Kaiser for the Browns. Wentz, all right. Trevor, Trevor Simeon for uh, the Denver Broncos. Cutler is up in the mix. Flacco, all right. Tyrod Taylor, Kirk Cousins, Smith. All right, we get, we get a little bit better. But throughout that season, a, a bunch of people got... Sam Bradford. People were getting in. Carson Palmer had a, a disgustingly terrible season. There's a lot of shitty quarterbacks that got to play a lot of games last year. We've seen a deterioration at the position where we had that old guard that's still hanging on, right? And all these guys that are that are the better quarterbacks, the Phillip Rivers and the uh, these guys don't. Bryce have, Petty was Bryce playing Petty. in Week 14. Oh yeah, yeah. TJ Yates played in. Uh, Wait, yeah, that's right. T.J. Yates was playing after Sav- uh, Savage got hurt last year. Simeon, Blaine Gabbert had to play last year as a starter for the Arizona Cardinals for a while. I mean, look at these names. This They're is just horrible. garbage. It, Kobe Brissett, obviously, I, I don't, mi- I don't mind him, but he was a starter for most of the season. Did Chase Daniel, he was a starter the whole year. season. <laughs> um, God, I mean, just look. The, of course, there's an opportunity at this position. The, uh, the guys that are in there are just absolutely garbage. We After have you not that. seen the transcendent quarterbacks come into the league. You know, we thought we were having it with like Andrew Luck, and now he's been he's missed the entire season. And who knows what you're going to get out of him next year, right? Can you put any stock into that? And what are, and what are they? And what are the Colts putting around him when he comes back? Hopefully, they're putting the guy an offensive lineman, Quentin Nelson. You see that a lot. Because luck has been getting killed for the last four years. Yeah. That's another guy, though, that hasn't been great about protecting himself. So, so he's done it to himself. I'll tell years. you what, it's going to be a fun year to watch because you're going to see that all of those four rookie quarterbacks that we're talking about, the top four, they're going to play. 
I, at least they're going to start at least a couple games, each of them, this season. I mean, you got Tyrod Taylor, though. Yeah, Tyrod and Eli. Is he good enough to block a quarterback? Not when you have four wins and you have three games left and you're going to let the young guy play. And that's why you, that's why you, you paid Tyrod Taylor, and he understands he needs to keep you in the hunt. Otherwise, you're going to be on the bench for the last couple of weeks, so we need to evaluate our young players. And that Say, was a trade, not a free agent signing, right? Well, it's also what you see in the practice field, because like the Bears, you know, they did the same thing. They paid Mike Glennon stupid $18 million last year. Then they get Trubisky in the room, and they're like, okay, well, we put these two next to each other. Uh, Glennon sucks. Uh, Trubisky, you're in after a 1-3 and three start. <laughs> that's it. He made, he made eighteen million dollars. No, twenty-four million. Yeah, oh yeah twenty-four the, the million bio. dollars last year. The Glennon. This will pace. If I own that team, I'm like pace. You fucking suck. He's like, I signed Maggie. Well, I hope yeah. it's better. Yeah, I, I, I've done. I did a couple of good things here. Let me point to him. I got a. I got a PowerPoint. Oh, look, I just paid a ton of money to a tight end that's only had like fourteen catches in his career, but he threw a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Let's talk. Let's close out some quarterback sorry. action. There's no. There's nothing to be sorry about. <laughs> let's close out some quarterback action. Um, anything else you you want to bring up? Some guys you think are sleepers? Let's talk like from a fantasy standpoint. Is there a guy? I, I can't talk fantasy standpoint until I know the teams they land on, because that's where we can really see. Do you out like anyone outside of the guys that we've talked about? So the guys that you next have on your list are Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. Uh, Waz, Waz is really high on Mason Rudolph. He's got him as the top quarterback in the class. Uh, I just don't see like the intermediate throw accuracy. He's a D, he's he's a long ball post. He's a genius. long ball chucker though. He's yeah. He's, he's a, a genius in the middle long ball middle of the field. That guy. That this is a guy who you know if you needed a replacement for like Philip Rivers down the line or Ben Roethlisberger, you know Tom Brady, one of these teams yeah. that'll. He'll build a team around his skill set. Wow, uh, you're not kidding. Uh, yards per attempt, ten yards per attempt. Yeah, Dude, that guy. That guy's post <laughs> over, throw is freaking unbelievable. Threw for, and we'll talk about we'll talk about the receiver that was catching he threw a lot for of his nine thousand yards over the last two years. Yeah, uh, he throws deep. Big Twelve. Uh, I like Riley Ferguson. He, he's no a guy. Has. He's a guy from Memphis who, like Josh Allen, is a developmental prospect. But you know, if Josh Allen were being considered. In the second or third round, you know, I'd probably like Josh Allen a lot more. But, you know, being considered in the top five to ten picks scares the shit out of me. But a, a guy like Riley Ferguson who can move in the pocket, who's who's got enough juice in the legs to move around, who's got a big arm in his own right. And, and decent accuracy, 63% yeah. in college. And this got is, the 6'3 size, a little skinny, but... Nine yards per attempt, so also throw, throw This, this is a guy who can move it down the field vertically, uh, you know, get it out to slot receivers like Anthony Miller sometimes. Uh, and, you know, the developmental sort of cockiness... Of a guy like Baker Mayfield also exists in a guy like Ferguson, but he's more of the long-term project. Then Mike White from Western Kentucky is another big, tall guy. Who Can I ask you a question before you go on to the next guy? Does it ever worry you um, with a guy like Riley Ferguson when they transfer a lot? Because remember, he went to Tennessee and he was behind Dobbs and Nate, Nate Peterson. And Nathan he tran- yeah, Nathan uh, and Peterman, the- not Peterson. Nathan, the Peterman catalog. Um, and he, so he, does it scare you with guys? Is there any correlation between? Russell Wilson did that, but he did that for baseball. He, well, he did it as a graduate transfer. Right. 
Yeah, he did that because he wanted to play baseball, and they were basically like, "You want to play baseball? Then we're gonna worry about." And he's like, "All right, I want to play baseball and football." But there's, and they were like, "All right, come does on it maybe over here. depend more Wisconsin. from what program they're transferring from? Like, if you're at the top, both these guys are in the pros. Then he left. So Dobbs and Peterman were the quarterbacks for Tennessee. For that were ahead of them. So. So but, but does that ever scare you? Like, does I don't guys want, transfer no. and away from a school and then have success in the NFL? I don't know. That, that's well, just question. I'll, I'll, I'll let him answer. I'll let him answer that specifically. But to me, if a guy is going from a, a high end program where he was highly recruited and he realizes that he's jammed behind the depth chart and he thinks that he actually has a chance to be a, a pro football player, no, I am not going to deny him leaving to go somewhere else where he gets to be the starter and gets to actually put up some stats and show what he can do. Yeah, how do you feel about Baker Mayfield transfer? Can I ask one question? Where was Baker before? Texas Tech. Okay, but here, can I ask one? I, I'm not saying. That's there you go. These, these are the reasons why I'm asking. One other thing, this guy was a actually community college guy first. So he's community college, then Tennessee. And the Juco, no, no, here's the thing Juco. Josh Allen is another Juco transfer to Wyoming. Yeah. Juco, so he's, a, he's a Juco transfer from, uh, I'm a, from, from Glencoe? From Deerfield. From Deerfield. A Jushai transfer. I'm not Juco, I go to Chicago. Um, so. Nice. <laughs> I, I just think that when you have the, the other thing with the with the JUCO transfer is that he had to prove himself, right? He probably got demoted and had to go to JUCO because he didn't have grades. Yep. So you got to get your grades up. You got to prove that you can do both football and academic at the same time. So sometimes it's almost better because I like that a guy has had to have some adversity that he had to fight through and actually had to prove that he loved the game and really wanted to sacrifice what he needed to to make that commitment and only to go to like a lower end school. Where maybe you're a Division two school or, or you're a low end Division one school, just to get that chance, and you're doing whatever it takes. That's a hard worker. Those are the guys that you always love. Yeah, and he, the reason why he was highly touted in the competition against uh, Peterman and uh, Dobbs, but he had a he had a got a knee injury, so they redshirted him, and then actually instead of sticking around, then at that point he got hurt. He's like. Uh, you know what? You got some solid guys here. I'm gonna bolt. Yeah. Oh, so he didn't have to lose a year. He he was able to transfer, or did he have to miss? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, Josh Allen. We talk about his JUCO career. He's a guy who he had a 37 on the Wonder League. He obviously, yeah, smart, you know, smart, smart guy. guy. He didn't really get any offers coming out of school, yeah. and then ended up in junior college. Then didn't get any big offers. Coming I out grew of Juco. three inches. <laughs> They're just saying he's always been big, so right. I don't know right. about that. But that 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 gives me some pause. Like, why aren't big programs reaching out to this guy if he's got all the tools, got all the measurables? You, Is that a reason for you, for you so to worry about him? Concern, or yes. At this point, that he's risen, it's almost perseverance, like a reason to like him. I mean, I'm not in a reason to like Josh Allen mode right now. Right. I'm soul planted in the. Josh Fergus or Josh Allen should be a late round developmental prospect, third round pick. You know, if you think he has some of the pluses of Russell Wilson, you know, a big arm cannon can move around in the pocket, but also possesses adequate size, but needs a lot of different things to go right. You know, great. Do you think he could be a Dan McGuire? Is what you're saying? 
Dan You're Johnson. You're a little too old for me here. Yeah, that was Dan, Mark McGuire's brother. Remember Dan McGuire? He was six six, and the uh, the Seattle Seahawks took him. Oh. All of a sudden, between the com- between the combine and the draft. No one's stock has risen more. It's kind of like this Josh. Who, who was the, who was the guy that Buffalo signed? Johnson. Ro- oh, Rob Johnson. Yeah, Rob. Rob he, Johnson. He was he was small. Was he small? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I posted a picture of him of his. He's got he's got the best pyro character by far. Crutches. Yeah. He's got a headband. Broken <laughs> arm. Broken leg. No player in the history of quarterbacking in the NFL got crushed harder than that guy. And and thanks to that character because that allowed us when Peyton Manning got destroyed that we actually just yeah, changed we, yeah. the Rob Johnson to, to, to Peyton. It's true. <laughs> it was smart. We took, we took, it was we took, it. It's our own character. We, we didn't do that. Yeah. We took a we took a leg. We took a shoulder and a, and a crutch. For I sure. want to go back to Josh Allen real quick. I, I agree. Like I. I I have no faith in Josh Allen as being anything, and for me, the main reason is as I'm wearing my Hawkeye colors here. The uh, Wyoming played Iowa in the first game of the year last year, and I knew that we didn't have that. We had a couple good. We have we had Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson and Josie Jewell, uh, and, and some good players, but we were not like. This Josie Jewell sounds like a porn star. Uh, he's a, he's a, a linebacker. He's, he's I, I like him a lot. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he'll be a, a good. Uh, uh, Mike linebacker uh, in the NFL because he can cover it and he's great at uh, vision. Anyway, jo- they were talking about Josh Allen before the game. This, everything about Everybody him. Everybody came to see him there. He looked so pedestrian, had looked one of the worst games uh, of his career. Couldn't hit guys that were wide open. Like, there were like easy shots that he could have had like two touchdowns on us and, and missed them. So, that just showed me here's your opportunity. You're coming in as a Heisman candidate. You're going up against a Big Ten program. You have an opportunity to do something. And he showed it on like the first drive. They, they, they stayed with us for like the first, like it was like 14 14 or something. And then it was like it was over. Yeah. And he did nothing after that. I think he completed he, under 50% of his passes. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, against big competition, against, you know, Higher caliber power five conference schools. He had under a 50% completion percentage. Uh, his yards weren't good. His touchdown interception ratio was awful. So when we look about how he played against you know major competition, it was rough for Josh Allen. So there's and just isn't, so- that one of, isn't that one of the knocks on him in general? The fact that like coming out of Wyoming State or whatever, his, his competition on the oh, he was over for 50%. the most part. He was the most part of shit. 57.5%, 23 of 40, 174 yards. Of two how, do you, how do you do against Oregon? No no touchdowns, two interceptions. Against Oregon, is this last year? Okay, Oregon, oh, that's the one. 9 of 24, 37.5%, no touchdowns and an interception. How many passing yards? 64. Followed up the next game against Hawaii, where they won, and he threw 9 for 19 <laughs> for 92 yards and one touchdown. And That's then, not hey. very. And then wait, at Air Force at the end of the year, uh, he completed eight of eleven for seventy yards and one touchdown. Hey Benny Hanna, let's take a time out to listen to our sponsors. Hawaii. Oh, when do we get Benny Hanna as a sponsor? We uh, we're gonna go there and eat, eat it when they chill it all up and chop it up with our own little private little grill. Are you shush. gonna be able to find shush. that one? No, you gotta shush. Thank you. I can find that. <laughs> Dan, I'm not, I'm not. Like, I can find that hole. I can find that hole. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, can, I can find a lot of holes. The question so, is whether it'll fit. So it's talking. <laughs> so other guys. Okay, officially at uh, one hour, 29 minutes, we've gone off the rails. 
Let's so talk about some of the other guys, uh, you know, on the back end that could be developmental prospects. Kyle Laletta from Richmond. He, he's a kid they think is a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, played in one of those under conferences, but put up good numbers, mm-hmm. accurate with the football, quick release, uh, things you want to see out of a pro prospect. Um, and then what? Mike White is a big dude, six foot five, two hundred twenty-four pounds. Uh, you know, played at Western Kentucky. You know, he's not the athlete that a lot of these guys are, but you know, he he. He was a guy who was expected to be like a major league baseball prospect. Uh, he was an all-American as a junior in baseball. So he's an athlete. He's an athlete, but you know, the numbers started slow for him. But then eventually, he started what? Well, he sixty percent because he transferred right because he was playing baseball. Was it South Florida, and then he went to yeah. Western Kentucky? Yes. Uh, but then he ended up what putting up good numbers, putting what sixty-seven percent of his passes in his final year. Uh, you know, pushing the ball down the field. Um, and he's been. If you look at his touchdown to interception ratio, very good. So last, his senior year was uh, twenty-six to eight, and the year before was thirty-seven to seven. So this is a guy who makes good decisions. Yeah. Um, he he's got some of those plus tools you look for, but he's not going to be a guy that moves around the pocket. Um, and in today's NFL, that, that might be coming a, a little outdated. And, uh, and what the hell is the Western Kentucky uh, uh, mascot? It's the, the big blob, right? Isn't that the, you know what that is? Oh, I don't remember. I thought this was WKU stupid. What the, what the fuck is the thing? It's like the, it's the, no one knows. It's like the Schmoo. Remember Schmoo? You're old enough to remember Schmoo. I do, but I, it sounds familiar, but. I don't really remember. Shmoo was like the ghost that was like it was a cartoon. It was like Shmoo. Wow. <laughs> it, was like, it was like it was like they were like it was like a, uh, a Scooby Doo with like uh, the, ma- the mascot thing. is Big Red. But yeah, he looks like a real Big Red. That's it. Looks like he's a furry blob. That's it, the way they describe him. Final hey, mascot's a furry blob. The tenth quarterback in my rankings is Luke <laughs> Shmoo, which looks like a penis. <laughs> Guys, nobody can see this. Yeah. I know, but I mean, you can make this the title of yeah, my thing. That does look like a sack of balls on top <laughs> of the Look at this thing. All right, go on, go on, go on. But you're about to talk about JT Barrett, Barrett right? No. Barrett? Uh, Barrett? Oh, my JT Barrett. I just saw it. He I looks like balls in a dick. Fall, number 10. He's pretty much the last one I consider you know, talking about as a guy who you know, I think has an NFL future. JT Barrett, uh, you know, former Ohio State quarterback. I don't think he's. He'll be a different position if he, yeah. if he does anything in the NFL. Wide receiver? No, he's not, not fast. He's, he's big and yeah. big and lumbering and slow. It's, like, it's like Jacoby Brissett. If he had to move positions, what position do you move him to? No. There's just nothing that I works. Don't even think, he hopes to hold a clipboard. No. Yeah. I mean, that'd be my bet. But Luke Falk's a guy who, you know, ran the air raid. At Washington State under Mike Leach, so he's comfortable with some pro passing concepts like mesh concepts uh, and, and levels. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy who who's going to be uh, probably a backup to start his career, but could have maybe a Brian Hoyer like career at, at, at a low end, and you know maybe that, he ends up Matt, Matt Castle. It's, a, like, it's one of those things. It's like it's such a crapshoot when you're looking at these guys because. The developmental guy, like we saw it with the Bears, remember with Fails, he got a couple chances and yeah. Fails failed, <laughs> right? So um, 
he just he was. You don't slight. normally see. So if you're in dynasty leagues, if you're looking at this thing, do I take? No, you're better off taking a shot at one of the deeper running backs or wide receivers or or other positions or tight end. You're not better off. You you have a chance with the top, maybe with Lamar Jackson in, the, in that top five. Outside of that, you really in dynasty leagues don't want to draft any of these other. Um, uh, quarterbacks, and I'm in, I'm in one of those leagues with 48 picks, three rounds of, of rookie draft. People draft them all, and it's stupid. You're just wasting a pick. In football, more than any sport, but many, uh, you know, I think and NBA and, and not even Major League Baseball, but I think football is like, God, where you land is so important, and especially for the quarterback position. How much pressure there is to get you in there day one. How much pressure there is to actually play you in general because of where you were drafted. How much talent you actually even yeah, have around you to protect you. It's like, oh, we got this guy in the sixth round. We can cut him. No big deal. And it's it's just such a fickle beast with the quarterback position, but in general, in a lot of these specialty skilled positions in the NFL of how much rope you get, how much of a leash you get. How many opportunities you get? Are you have a good offensive lineman and good wide receivers for a quarterback? Is there a running back to take some pressure off you? It is um, a guy like Tom Brady would have sucked fucking balls if he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, it's just, I, God bless you. You've had the greatest life of all time. But a lot of that is, as Roger Daltrey would say, you said same, uh, the old boss is the same as the new boss. You don't get fooled again. Be lucky is Roger Daltrey's line. And um, any of these guys we just talked about in the quarterback position, placement, team, coaching staff, offensive line, receivers, every defense. Which is why it's so ridiculous when you hear people make these comparisons like you were yelling at me about earlier when I was trying to make the point of how dumb the comparisons are. When you compare a Hall of Famer who was the the one shiny diamond in that pebble of shit that you were scooping through, that doesn't mean that it's the same for everybody else. That's called an anomaly. That's called, like you said, everything... outliers. This is everything fell in perfectly for these things to happen, and you're never going to see that happen again, most likely. Not my biggest... I'm not the biggest fan of Terry Bradshaw... But one thing I will say, he's a self-deprecating guy, mm-hmm. but he's also given credit to being lucky yeah. to come into a situation yeah. where he had the best defense, yep. you had freaking Swan and Stallworth, you had great running backs and Harris and um, the, 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 uh, the other fucking uh, <laughs> army vet. Sorry, I'm screwing it up. Uh, let's see. Whatever. He just... Tell the running? Yeah. Uh, the white guy. Um, oh, I um, but the, he just, he just, he just you said like, fucks. you know I what? No idea. <laughs> no, I do. Um, Blyer. Um, God, nice. uh, but he just said, look it, I got drafted, and and he, and he got one of the best coaches in Chuck Noll of all time. He's like, I got drafted into this. Imagine if I got drafted into that. Right. And he's a Hall of Famer, and he's a four-time Super Bowl champion, and this is the way it works. Right. It's it's all, there's so much in the serendipitous landing spot of where you are and being in the right spot in the right time. And in all honesty, for the first time ever, I do feel like, other than maybe you know uh, the coach Hugh, but the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. it might be a good time 
with what they've done in the draft last year, the wide receiver crew, it sucks that Thomas retired, but that, that's not an end-all be-all. The things that they've acquired on that team over the last few years, it might be a good time to be a Cleveland Brown. Well, look, as... As, uh, as a quarterback. No, no, no. As, uh, as my, my CEO of my company, when we have the quarterly business meeting, we have these things called your, your uh, quarterly bingo, where you're predicting what you're going to do, and you put like up to, up to 100 points, and... You have someone who, like, you know, they're trying to shoot for the moon, maybe, or whatever. They have different circumstances. They score a zero. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is, I love, I love my boss. But the CEO, he goes, well, only one place to go, but up. <laughs> so, if you're a Brown fan and you've won one game in the last few years, there's nowhere to go but up. And I love that Stags doesn't even want six games. I know. <laughs> They would die for six wins. Six. Look, do you, do you, they put a parade on for going undefeated. Well, reverse undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> and thousands for, of people showed up. I'm still waiting for Hugh to jump in the lake. He owes me that. Oh, That's right. He yeah. said he would. He's probably waiting until the summer. He's like, that's too fucking cold. Nice. All right. Before we get into the wide receivers, that was awesome. Great discussion on what we all agreed was a deep as mofo hell. Quarterback class, hopefully they realize their potential and their landing spots are great. And these are guys that can um, be playing on uh, for years to come because, as we said last year, some of these quarterbacks were shite. I'd like to see good. It's the most important position in, well, in, in, in sports. So let, let, me, let, me, let me dive in. So I, I kind Hold of, on, before you got dive in, we're well, going well, to listen to this. Well, no, we already did listen to this real recently, I thought. <laughs> we really did. I think, yeah, I think you're on the heels. Oh, yeah. You're rusty. <laughs> <laughs> so you, ta- plus. You, tasked, you tasked me with kind of going back and looking over to like the last decade. I, went, I actually did apparently 11 years because I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did seven to seven. So it, when I was, look, let's talk about quarterbacks. And so, again, I was looking We're for. We're both on the heels, I suppose. <laughs> I was looking for the number of uh, like fourth over uh, since the last 11 years. How many rookie quarterbacks have thrown 4,000 yards or th- more than 3,000 yards, 2,000 yards, 1,000 yards, and had passed for either 30-plus touchdowns with no rookie has done ever, okay? So 20-plus touchdowns. So let's look at this. So in the last 11 years, you're looking at the chart and you see the chart. There's only been three times that a quarterback has thrown more than 4,000 yards in a season. So can you name those? Andrew Luck. Yes. Uh, Russell Wilson was under. Uh, Carson Wentz didn't get there. Cam, Cam Newton. Uh, he was under. 4,000 yards? No, he threw he for 4,000 yards. Are you sure? Yeah, yes. positive. And he ran for... <laughs> I thought he ran for... For 980. He had one of his best... 980 seasons ever. Like I thought it was just years. under. I thought it was like 39.87. He threw for almost 1,000 so yards in the three? first three games. I think he had that's, over 1,000 yards in the first three. That's right. two of three? That's two of three. So there's one more. It was uh, in 2000... Uh, I can't tell you. I don't want to tell you. It was more recent, though. Tannehill? No, the guy, the guy that I like and you hate. James Winston. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did it first two years. Do you remember I was the James Winston guy going into the draft and you were the Marcus Modi? No, I was the guy with the Marcus Mariota guy. Because I had the number one pick of my draft and I was all on James Winston the entire time. I don't know, but you guys sure. It was Dog then. Dog had to be the, the Marcus Mariota guy. I, I was never, it wasn't me. Okay. Um, okay. Next. So, so now look, 3,000 yard <laughs> passers. 
Out of the 11 years, how many years did we not, how many years do you think we had a 3,000-yard passer? Mm, at least one. Yeah, so at least one. I'd say seven. Correct. On the nose. 3,000 isn't a lot. So the most we ever had was uh, was four. Nice. Okay? I'm distracting who 2012. So the year where uh, Andrew Luck, you had Whedon through for over... <laughs> uh, for over 3,000 yards. You had Tannehill throw for over 3,000 yards and RG3 throw for over 2,000 yards. Russell Wilson was 3, in that class. 3,000. 3, Russell Wilson didn't even throw for 2,000 yards. In his rookie year, he threw for like 1,800 yards. Isn't that crazy? I think that. Let's stop there for a moment. One, I want to do a Valverde. Okay. I love when, you, when we were talking on the phone today. Yeah. You guys have to remember when we're talking and doing and, and all the all the uh, podcasts out there and all the websites right now are talking and, and you know we're a fantasy football site we love the NFL but everyone's talking about all these rookies and you got to talk about you got to have content and the new guys that are coming out the no, amount of players even though it's more than say. When we talked about uh, Pickens being the rookie of the year and having 319 yards, be smart and don't. The year, the worst years I ever have in fantasy football, and I'm in rookie leagues where I have to play a rookie, is when I'm sitting there and Staggs has told me this, Houdini's told me this, when we're in our collective profession, pro leagues or whatever. Like, do not draft too many of these rookies. Right. They just they just don't almost, pan out. Almost draft none. Zero yeah, zero running back zero wide receivers. Zero wide receivers last year. Zero. Zero wide receivers from last year's draft did anything for you. You had Cooper one, Cup was like a wide receiver three. You had one that wide was your receiver best. that had yes. more than nine hundred <laughs> yards last he, year. But he, but think about how many guys that were drafted like actually Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Ross all these fucking guys. Mike Williams. What? But we were off on most. I, I'm, not, it's, like, I'm not talking about us. I'm just talking in general. Yeah. Don't don't draft these guys. Like if you got an Ezekiel Elliott, it, Amen. Do it. If you running got, back position is exempt. Running back position is totally different because running backs have their best years of their careers during their rookie contracts. So this is a great point. No, no, you made just the be no, super no. smart. I think I think you just made the greatest point there because when I oh yeah, let me give you you. Just like Neil Armstrong, I went to space and now I'm back, and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> so here's the thing where I look at for running backs. This is where, okay, you look at 1,000-yard receivers, right? Since 2007, how many rookie 1,000-yard receivers, if you're just going to guess off the top of your head, in 11 years? 2,000 years. Total number Two. or yeah. number of years? Total number. Two. Seven again. Two? Yeah. No, seven. Seven on the nose. We had, yeah, we had remember, don't looking. you remember when we, we had three, we had three in 2014 was like the year Evans, of the wide receiver. Well, it's like guys got a good short or a long Fairly. I, I shower and I can't remember whether I, you know, All right, shampooed so, my hair. So, so you know that the number there is seven. How about for running backs? Thousand yard rushers? Yeah. Uh, do, 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 16. 
11. 14. So you you're there's your there's your there's your hit. It's a hundred percent right that you are much better off taking your risk with the running backs. And the other thing is too, because it's where the touchdowns come from. And I don't I, the one thing I didn't do as far as like a breakdown when I was looking at like ten plus touchdowns for rookies, how many of them were um, running Rushers, backs versus how many, how many of them were wide receivers. But I will guarantee you it's gotta be like at least because there was only like there was like AJ Green had more than ten. Um, you know, uh, you, even, you, to be honest, you uh, kind of know the guys that are really Julio did right. So um, OBJ did right. Mm-hmm. So there's like you could probably count like it's about four of them were wide receivers and the other ten were running backs. So and when you know that, yeah. and you know when it comes to the running back position, based on the draft capital, based on the team situation, when those we kind of know. Much more than a wide receiver because you gotta get a you gotta play with learn a other system, wide receivers, system. learn a system. The yeah. quarterback's gotta get in trust in you. The running back situation, you can you can gauge it much more leading yeah, into any given season. Yeah. It's so much more fo- in focus. That's right, because because there was a piece of shit that was there running last year yeah. who's no longer there anymore. We're giving you, you the ball. Got a high draft pick, or, or, or <laughs> we took you higher than not. You're number you're gonna you're get the RB one. You're right. gonna get some some carries unless you're Jamal Williams. You screw up. <laughs> um. <laughs> or or last last year I, I honestly thought uh, Samaji Prime was going to have some good opportunities, but he ended up having a couple of decent games on the stretch. But what he's going to have, but, 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 he, but by doing that, what also happens is he gets potential new competition coming in drafted this year. Oh, they're drafted. They, they're not that's caught they, in. And that's the other reason where it's like when you're talking about like dynasty buying in. If you want to take those shots, take the shots on like. You really got to look at what is the true thing. Is it just the? Do you want? Are you in a touchdown league? Do you want the two? You want? Do you want Nick Chubb this year because you want the team that's going to just give him the hammer touchdowns and you don't? You're not going to expect. We're not running backs. All right, all right, sorry. Uh, we're we'll running backs in two weeks. <laughs> um, stag party. I'm going to hand you the baton on wide receivers. Um, you've got as your top guy. I don't know if it's still the same, but. A lot of people, big body, a lot of talent. Sutton, uh, Cortland Sutton. So Cortland Sutton's a, a guy who's had you know a lot of success in college. When you look at the metrics, and then you look at the body, and it's you know six foot three, two eighteen, and he moved well at the combine. Uh, so now, now we can really start looking at combine numbers and market share and market share of touchdowns. And this guy's just been highly productive every year. And they did get more diverse in their pass game with Trey Quinn uh, this season. So they had some more targets, and they were a little bit more evenly distributed. But this is a guy who many people comp to, like, Alshon Jeffrey. He, you know, uh, there, there's a term in Chicago called guwagi. So go up and get it, guy. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's made it. Uh, I like it. I don't know if it's made it. Mainstream yet, but Guagi. Give it due time. Uh, it's been mentioned on this podcast before. So he's a go up and get it guy, but he's also a guy with enough speed that that's probably a little bit of a slower Mike Evans as well. So he's a guy that could bring you know touchdown potential. He's a guy who could bring the vertical field stretcher with his size, uh, and then he's a guy who after the catch. Uh, can do things in converting first downs with his body and boxing out defenders. And while he'll always be more of a possession guy than a yak guy, uh, that gives him a lot of viability. But there, you know, 
the consensus at wide receiver is there is none. And when you look at it, are any of these guys worth first-round picks? I, I'm like borderline the wide receivers or you know, my, my top – in my overall board, like the top guy's 25. So borderline first-round pick is Cortland Sutton for me. I think he'll be drafted a little bit higher than that. But if Calvin Ridley from Alabama came off the board first, I would not be surprised. His life has fallen a little bit. Um, He used to be mocked to the Bears at 8 all the time. I know. That that has since changed, uh, which is great. All 24 years old. But it's also because the Bears signed... Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, right. Circumstances change, but then there's still teams that need wide receivers. Green Bay is a team that needs an outside receiver. They have no outside speed at all. Devontae Adams is a possession guy. Um, So could a guy like Calvin Ridley be a fit there? He's a little bit older, maybe more polished in the eyes uh, of their new GM, Brian Guttenkust. So that allows them to get a guy on the field quicker with Aaron Rodgers. But let me ask you a question. To maximize his sort of window. When we look at at like... He could be done within three years. I want to talk about your Cortland Sutton and Ridley comparison because they are so different as far as wide receivers go. Sutton... Has that size, 6'4, 215. Uh, Ridley made plays for Alabama, but he's 6'1, 190. So he's not that. Uh, I liked your comparison of Alshon Jeffrey, of that here's your bigger guy, but, but I think he, Sutton, um, is still a guy that's averaged 16.5 yards per catch in his college career. He's a downfield receiver. So he. He's like a Mike Evans, right? He's not going to burn you and beat you. He's maybe the hybrid between the Evans and, the, and that Elshon, like you say. He can just box you out. He can body you up. He can jump up and get it. Hopefully, he just doesn't end up to be the, the DGV. Yeah, I don't see that at all. Remember DGV DGB? just had so many yeah, question marks that what, what what Sutton had, doesn't what have. What a talent that guy but, had. But Sutton... He's yeah. actually much more of an athlete than Sutton Corlin was. But he's obviously a head case. He he was fast. He was big. He was mu- he was more like Terrell Owens. This guy is truly he's a little more lumbering than uh, Sutton Cor- uh, Cortland Sutton. I, to be honest, here's what I'll say: I don't I haven't seen this guy play much. I like some of these guys that are in that bold. There's a lot of wide receivers in this draft, and we'll we'll talk through them. Yeah. That are that five eleven to six one, that two hundred to two twenty strong. Some are fast, some are a little slower. They're all faster than kind of uh, Tyreek Hillish. Um, no, no. Some ran a four five four, but at two hundred and eighteen pounds, that's... and at six foot three, you know that's good speed. Absolutely. And 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 Aquanimus uh, or whatever. Who are you equating the smaller wide receiver to? The the that that make the impact. Like, and I don't like Ridley at all, to be honest. I, mean, I, mean, I think it's a waste of a top pick. Yeah, um, Dante the Dante Pettis obviously James Washington is the weirdest looking wide receiver of all time, but I think he's going to be great. Uh, Michael Gallup, uh, the Colorado Colorado State guy, and the guy that I think's the next. Antonio Brown, if everything is works out well for him, is uh, Anthony Miller. Not the Anthony Miller we know from back in the Oh, God. All these guys are like, they're not like these quintessential and what we've, uh, what we've come to love in a wide receiver. This size, this 6'4", and he can run a 6'5". I'm almost feeling like the success of those guys 
isn't as great as like the six foot, the six one, the Hopkins, the the Antonio Browns. They do the, everything. They just like guys that are just ballers. You know what it is? No, no. Here's you're so big. It, think about this. Hard. If you're so big, I can only put you on the outside, right? So if I and, stop and if, doing that, and if and if we're on in this NFL where we're spreading things out and we're doing all these different unique things. The guys who are the ultimate weapons are the guys that I can implement all over the field. Yeah. I can bring you out of, out of motion. I can bring you into the slot. I can bring you into a trip formation on the inside. I can bring you into the middle formation of it. I, I can give you so many different looks because you're an athlete. Because you're in that zone of that, you're a playmaker. Um, the only it, tall guy that, 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 that I can think of that really does that right now is a 6'3 Larry Fitzgerald. But if you're 6'3, you've got to stay on the side. Like, name another guy. And Larry, I'm not Larry plays well, he plays in the slot now. most of the time, yeah. So what I'm saying is, teams need to stop fucking labeling these guys as by size, right, yeah, players yeah. by size. Because you should be moving your Julio Joneses and A.J. Greens and Mike Evans yeah. to the slot because yes. they get better matchups there. Yeah. Stop being fucking dumb. Right. Why, why, why can you move a Gronk to the slot, but you can't move a Mike Evans to the slot? It doesn't make it any doesn't, sense. No. Even, even, uh, even Bryant. Yeah, Dez, you're yeah. De- you're Dez. When uh, Dez last year was more successful when he was doing shit in the middle of the field, not along the sidelines. So, P- Peter Howard on Twitter, PA Howdy, uh, he did a cool research study since 2000 wide receivers who finished in the top 12 in PPR scoring, um, some min maxes. So, uh, the minimum is five foot nine. Mm-hmm. So if they're below that, probably probably rule them out. Uh, so you're looking at guys like T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun Jackson in that range. The minimum weight, 175 pounds. Deshaun Jackson, much faster than Calvin Ridley. Yep. Then you look at the tops, uh, you know, six foot five, 236, 38 pounds. Calvin Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Evans type size. In uh, the, the average is six foot one, 206.7 pounds. So the guys who are six foot one with a little bit more, uh, you know. Meat on the bones, girth. Yeah, right. Uh, the guys with high BMIs, like like, the guys a, like an well. Anquan Bolden. Yes, exactly. Those are the guys who are typically doing well and yeah. can hold up to these hits. That's so, what we got a lot of in this draft. I feel like. I feel like we've got the guys between five eleven and six one that mm-hmm. are right in the middle. Some are light, some are a little bit heavier, like James Washington's. Mm-hmm. You know, closer to six two two twenty. That guy's just. The running back of the wide receiver position. Crazy. Um, but He's, he makes Golden Tate look like a little pussy. <laughs> yes, but th- there's a lot of that. There's a different, a lot of different sizes and shapes. Uh, two wide receivers in the straps and lots of different stylistic fits, which is a great thing. And a guy like DJ Moore, uh, who's you know some people's top receiver in this draft. Uh, you know, out of Maryland, he's been mocked anywhere in the top 15 to 20, uh, depending on landing spot. You know, could be a great pick for the Ravens. Think about what they have in Crabtree. Now you get a guy who's different from everybody else, the size speed freaks that they're used to drafting the last couple years. Now you get a guy who can work underneath, uh, make things easier for Joe Flacco, who really hasn't had that, and maybe get. Jeremy Macklin, but Jeremy Macklin earlier in his career, and he's the guy who could do it after the catch like a golden tape. Uh, here's the other thing I'll say to, exactly to that point is I think that we realize, we know how much the NFL has evolved. If you look, so those of us that have been playing fantasy and, and realize which of these types of players that you go after, 
how it's changed decade over uh, over the last 10 years. So just go back from here we are in 2008 to go back to 2008 or 2007 if you want to go back to the last uh, NFL that season that I looked at. Then go back to 97 and think about how different it was. Then go back to 87 think about how different it was. Then go back to set. It's, it's always evolving. And the thing is finally too in this NFL now and it's finally now we're starting to see the infusion of accepting the changes that happened in college football with the spread offense really being embraced in the NFL and hiring younger coaches and people who are willing to embrace this while you then have still some of the old guard who are going to go and give stock shares and everything else to a John Gruden. And that makes me say, Val Verde! Oh, nice. I'm better. Mother Nature just pissed her pantsuit. I will say this. At this position, the reason why, almost the sole reason why things are totally different and flipped on their side on their head from that big sized uh, wide receiver is because of Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is 5'10. That's another outlier though. No, I, I know, it, but that's why right now it doesn't matter. I'm not saying you're wrong. He's five he's five ten, 180. And he is by far, in my opinion, probably the best receiver. I think who well, you're seeing you're seeing the effects of that, okay? Well, but but he's probably more. He's opened the door. He is more of a product of Deshaun guys. Jackson, but but no, actually no, you're right because Deshaun was always just the one play going yeah. deep downfield doing was what he was always doing. Antonio is that guy who says I'm going to be the tough guy across the middle. I'm going to take all the do all do the all everything, and you could also. As a 5'10 guy, he's a guagi, right? You will throw him in a one-on-one matchup and just chuck it up Absolutely. there and let him go up and get it. Because there are some of these smaller smaller dudes, and they're not even small, they're bigger than Antonio Brown. Because of the way Antonio Brown, uh, Brown's been able to do things over the last five years, it's open this, and he's like, he's he's made, he's created a lot of these windows. But would you agree, for every Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill, there's a Tavon Austin? Hey, no, he's, he's an outlier. There's no, 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 right. Of course. That's, that's, that's the problem, and there are, unfortunately, Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin, smaller, Austin okay, Dree Archer. Uh, there are plenty he's of not like, like, he's not like, but, but he, that's, he that's gives the credence to why no, no. the uh, guys. So that are here's, a smaller here's the here's I, I want to ask a critical question. I, I don't know what the answer to this question is. How can you identify the difference? And and, and obviously, if if we can figure it out, then then we would be hired by every NFL team in order to do so because they can't figure it out. How can you tell the difference between a Dree Archer and a Tavon Austin versus an Antonio Brown and a Tyreek Archer Kelly? is a running back, like. Uh, or other guys of of the ilk, you know what I'm talking about? Like the these 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 one, you know, they're, they're maybe, maybe, maybe a Taylor Gabriel for that matter. I mean, that, that, that may be stretching it more, but same time with thing. If we're trying to, to be to, a top end guy, are, are we trying to get to more Antonio Brown, Tyree Kill, Brandon Cooks yeah. level of production yes. from being five, you know, yes. T. Y. Hilton, five foot nine, 180 yeah. pounds? That's what's happening more that's what now than ever. So that's what we're talking about. You gotta present present an elite straight trait. So you gotta be fast, mm-hmm. or you've gotta be one of the quickest players ever. Great route, great route runner, great route runner, runner, right? Or great hands. Right. So you pres- possess one of these great traits, and, and then you can get there. But if you're average across the board, or if your only thing is speed, yeah. and, and you can't do other things, then, then you fall behind. You and need, if you don't you have need, elite you speed, almost, you're not going to beat elite speed in the NFL. You right? almost need two of those features, right? Yeah, you do. Because 
Antonio Brown's a great route runner who has always worked on his route running and whose footwork is some of the best in the league, and he also possesses great hands. And the other, uh, let's add another category to that, too, because I think the biggest part for these guys, too, and this is where Antonio Brown excels, is Awareness. extreme, no, strength. You have to be like, okay, the reason why a guy like Darren Sproles at the, the, can, oh, why can the small, some smaller guys overcome it more than other guys? It's also because it's just... I don't sometimes, know if I feel like Brown's a strength guy. Oh, that dude's strong? I'm not saying he's not strong. Like, but I don't strong like, hands. I don't feel like he's that strong. I don't feel like, I don't feel like he's a I, guy that like, is like... No, 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 but here, here's the point. Like, think about when you have, in that first five yards, you have open contact, right? You gotta be strong enough to be able to push off, otherwise the defender can just totally wrap you and beat you and knock you off the play. He never gets knocked off the play. That's strength. Whether that's lower body strength because he's not letting his balance get offset, or it's enough upper body strength he's able to fend off with it. Strength strength has to be a part of it because you're you're taking hits even at the wide receiver position on every play in those first few yards, especially when they're playing press coverage. So can you beat press coverage? You and that's maybe that's the biggest. Can you beat press coverage from a small guy? If you can, you have a chance to be so successful. I want to quickly go back to DJ Moore, who obviously I think is the. I think he'll be the first wide receiver taken. It just seems like the buzz is there for him. He's, in my opinion, a mold of. Everyone's gonna say Bolden, so I'm gonna I'm gonna allow that. But one who he reminds me of the most. He's not as fast. And he's actually a little bit bigger, but he's Joey Galloway. Ooh, interesting. He's like a Joey Galloway type guy. Back Joey Galloway was a, a Joey uh, Galloway burn though. He could burn. He, he could burn. He could That's burn. what I'm saying. He's not as fast. He's not as fast, but he's but he's bigger, and he's definitely faster than Bolden. But he wasn't as big. But yeah, he was burner. But he he ran. He's running a four or five. But here's the thing about him. Here's the thing. If you're projecting him, like if I, I like what I'm saying is I like that merger of a Bolden and Body, which I don't really. I feel like he doesn't really have. But I, what's his Galloway no, no, no. was fast. No, no, I know. But here, here's my thing. I'm, you know, I'm the ultimate. I'm, I'm in three leagues where we draft rookies. One that we draft him immediately, like the, as soon as the draft ends, our draft starts, and it's over within four days. So I within four days, right? No, for rookies, so we don't have any chance to see OTAs or to have any chance to make a decision. Some of my other ones, we wait until like June or, or August to make those 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 picks. I look at at DJ, and I don't see me drafting him in a fantasy situation. He did have eighty catches last year. Not a lot of yards per catch. You only have Look one. at how many yards Maryland's offense passed for. And then talk to me about DJ Moore. Okay, so, so he's like sixty percent of their pass offense is what you're and saying? Wa- and watch watch some of the play watch some of the catches that, that guy's making and contesting. All right, all right. I I'm, I'm, I'm you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm not saying he's the greatest thing of all time. No, I, I and I think he's gonna be the you first guys guy. You're right. And, and maybe you look, I I think he lit up. I think, I, I think he lit up Iowa too. I mean, <laughs> what I will say while, let's, you're, let's, while we're let's talking, about, this is a great count though. Let me look it up because I guess I while you're while you're looking that up, I'll talk about. It. I think the DJ Moore, the Kirk well, Christian, bias. the Calvin Ridley, who I'm not all that sold on, the Anthony Miller, the uh, Don, uh, the Dante Pettis, the Michael Gallup, all these guys are like 
that's six six one, but thicker. The, the cops are always gonna get her. It's Bolden. It's a Steve Smith. It's a. Um, right, I, got, I do have. I do have. That's who Anthony though. Miller reminds me of. Steve What's Smith. that? Steve Smith, Anthony Miller. Okay. He well, here's so, the, so against he against Denzel like Ward, he had uh, two catches for eleven yards. Um, he didn't play. He didn't play against Josh Jackson. Um, I don't know who else. Who else in the Big Ten had a good corner? I don't know. All right. So I'm just saying. I'm looking at it overall. You may be right. I mean, there was you know Dwayne Bow. I'm, I'm not no, trying no, no, to claim no. anything. Dwayne Bow when he came out, right? He was from Indiana. I just remember seeing him. He was LSU. 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 Who's the guy with the Indiana? You're oh, thinking, you're thinking oh the who was to the Broncos? Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm even thinking before that, and he ended up not being good. And I thought he was going to be the next Dwayne Bow. But Bow was that guy that wasn't like. I need, I need to take a piss. Let's fag party talk for a minute. But Dwayne Bow, when he was there, there was a couple other elite receivers. He wasn't the top guy. He was like, and he was like that big lumbering guy where they were like, so it's the opposite. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I just think that with DJ Moore. I like the underneath thing, but it's we'll see. I, I just don't, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna invest my any of my leagues into him. Depends where you're trying to grab DJ Moore. It also depends where he goes. But DJ Moore, here's what his quarterback's passing yards were: mm-hmm. uh, Bortenschlager, thirteen thirteen; Ryan Brand, two oh four; Kasim Hill, two thirty. That's it. Pigromi. 175. That's it. DJ Moore had 15 himself. Jake Funk had three. So he had basically 75% of their receiving yards. Yes. Like, Jesus. So we're not Christ. talking about, like, this guy was getting the, the triple coverage in, in, in college. Yeah. So here's the only guy we have to defend because, okay, I, I gotta pull they this up. They threw for 160 yards <laughs> per game. I gotta, I gotta pull this up then. I gotta pull up their 2017. I want to see their receiving stats as a team. This is gonna be hilarious. All right, I got it. Receiving. No, no, I got it. I got, I got. I got. I got it. So they had one other receiver. Uh, Talvin Jacobs had 553 yards, and then you had uh, Jarius Davenport with 123, and then 67 yards for the next guy. 60, 36, 30. Wow. He, he had it over. <laughs> that's ridiculous. He, okay. Before, right. before we go on and talk about more ridiculous... I'm still not drafting him, but that's ridiculous. More ridiculousness? Let's uh, take a word and listen to this from our sponsors. That's loud. Maybe. Sweet! If it was great. No. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Alright, what are we going on next? Uh, I well, want to talk to... Let's keep going a little bit. Let's talk... Be- because... I want to talk James Washington. You, you want to talk about not selecting DJ Moore. I mean, DJ Moore is like 106 to 108 in rookie drafts. Like, rookie drafts are going to be dominated by rookie running backs. Like, personally, I think I have 10 rookie running backs ranked ahead of the first wide receiver. I love this running back class. It's a great so, class. Just from Georgia alone, it's a great class. Maybe... You know, so maybe they go one through six, one through seven, and then the first receiver comes off the board. Fine, like that's the way it's done. So if you're getting DJ Moore at, at the turn at at one one two, you're, you're doing all right. Like, uh, oh no, no, no. well, you're correct. 
where you get guys makes a difference, right? Am I spending up to get the guy? Like the guys who paid up for, for Ross last year and are like, am I ever going to get any value out of that pick? And the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> well, he had what? One target, zero catches? Um, did he even play? Yeah, he had a reception. And a he fumble. had a reception? I thought it was one target, zero catches. Uh, he had a rush. Okay. <laughs> there you go. He had one target, zero interception. We, we couldn't get him, we we couldn't get him a catch, so we gave him a run. We gave him a run. Lower. Oh, yeah. He was lower? He was like eighth? Yeah. Oh, that's right. The eighth overall pick. Fuck's sake. Cincinnati um, went balls out on that one. Let's talk James Washington for a minute. I like I like the DJ Moore is a guy that people love. It's him, Sutton, uh, Kirk Christian, Christian Kirk. Um <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. Yeah, I hate Stags always does last name, first name, um, and I'm reading off it. But at the end of the day, it's my fault. I should know it. Um, but I love fucking James Washington. Now, it's the weirdest thing ever watching this guy in number 28, and he looks, his body to me is like, he reminds me of what, the way he runs in his pads. Not as tall, but Robert Smith, the guy from OSU back in the 90s. He, but he's got some of the greatest body control and catching ability of anyone, but he's a pretty sizable back. Um, he's a running back that can, like I said, he, can, he makes Golden Tate look small. But Dude's a giant. Yeah. He's, he's, he's fucking good. I think that what they're going to be able to do with that guy, I don't know whether he's an all-slot, whether they're going to move him around, but his... His ability to make things happen, and when, from what I've seen on, on the tape, it, after catching it across the middle and separating it from strong uh, corners and safeties, he's going to have a very, very successful career. In, in the right situation, but I just like this guy. I, I want to clarify. He's out of position. I need a clarification for you because you mentioned a guy who, back in my early fantasy days, while he won me titles... Uh, a two-year, three-year run. Robert Smith, who's a running back. And he's 6'3". Right, right, right. Yeah. And who was like the most, ran as a running back completely against the grain. Like he was the straight up and down runner who was like exposing himself. Powerful. His, but you thought also was... had the softest hands in the world and whatever. So why, why when you look at this guy, do you see Robert Smith? I, that, that to me is very interesting. It's for, insane. Yeah. This guy looks like a running back. He wears a running back's number. Um, he's two inches-ish, uh, two and a half inches is shorter than Robert. But just, he's got that big back shoulder pad. But he is just, he's got the ability, the adjustability. Do you see it's weird. Because, he looks like, you know what he looks like to me? If if they had made Marshall Falk a wide receiver yeah. and Marshall Falk was on steroids and he three was. inch and three inches taller, this that's that's this guy. What he this guy is Marshall Falk, stronger, thicker, and two or three inches so he's, taller. So this is gonna be one of your. He's more, a running back. So he's, running, he, he's a running back when you look at him. He's 5'11", 213, He's thick. Like right. He's his lower well, body. He wears how, how fast was he? What did he? What did he? Four five four. Yeah. Okay. So five. so good enough speed. Not 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 crazy speed, but but game that, speed. He but, seems to always. But he also made. has that weird body that can be tough to tackle and and and, and be a little bit difficult. Yeah, he's a guy after the catch is gonna be physical. 
And at the catch point, he's going to be physical. This is a, this and guy who averaged. Do you expect him to get? I don't. But do you expect this him to get? This guy who averaged over twenty yards per catch in his college career. Like he went down the field all the time for Mason Rudolph. I, I don't know if he's going to have the speed to do that at the NFL level. Uh, you know, on a consistent basis when corners, you know, aren't Big Twelve corners and probably aren't NFL corners. So these guys, they're going to have more of a speed advantage on them. They're not going to be overpowered by size and strength. But this guy is another one of these guys who could take a slant to the house. And that's what you like about him. Will they put him in the backfield more? Could no. he have? No. He's just, just, you play wide receiver so long. Well. I know. He can't have that Tevin Coleman uh, no. little element. To wide, the, obviously, I've seen, I've seen him do a number of reverses. Is there more time Montgomery? I mean, that's early on when he was like, you know, yeah. as a wide receiver being put in, or like and they, Ty, did, yeah, they did with no, Randall Cobb, or, good, or like they did good. with Randall Cobb as well. Remember, Ty is, it was bigger than we thought. Remember, we're like, oh wait, he's six six one. But then uh, he didn't live up to being a of course. But yeah, me, I don't know. I think this guy. All I know is when you watch the tape, you're just like, it feels like he's just every every player doing. He's a running back and he's just split out, but he's not. He's a wide Do receiver. Do you feel like he's a guy that? Can be successful no matter where he ends up, or is he more dependent on fit? I, I mean, I just don't know. I can't. Everybody's dependent. Yeah. Oh no, I know, but but I, some I guys are much more enough. dependent upon fit. Like some guys just have talent. And talent's going to prevail. Other guys have. We need to be in the right offense. that's going to be able to take advantage of the talents that he has. All I know is that when 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 when. Um, uh, Mason was throwing the ball, whether it was short, whether it was long. This fucking guy was always getting it. And it looked like he was fast, looked like he was strong, looked like he was a, ball, a, a baller and a gamer that wanted to go after and get it. And had, had every, t- every time I've seen this guy do it, it's like he seemed like while the ball was in the air, the better player. Yeah, he tracks the ball so well. Like, we talk about getting off press coverage. If somebody is going to jam fucking James Washington at the line of scrimmage and he's outside, I would throw him the ball every single fucking time on, you know, just go routes. Because this guy just knows body positioning and knows how to use his lower hand while going up, you know, with his upper hand and one-handed catches, uh, you know, finally bringing that other hand up to make the, you know, two-hand catch. And he just knows how to separate at the second the ball is there. And that, that's that's an aspect of you know. Well, we'll if that's the case, then why wouldn't he be a guy that you would want to be where you have your main running back and you just line him up in like a weird pistol or, or a double back formation and then roll him back out, like kind of like the Saints did with Alvin Kamara and just got him in ridiculous matchups every single time, and that's why he dominated as a receiver. I think what what he's going to be, I, he could from be what I've seen, yeah. he's a Golden Tate. Tate's faster. This guy's bigger. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like whatever is going on with Tate, and he's had been very, very successful in what he's what he's been asked to do over the years since he came out of Notre Dame. I feel like that's kind of the mold you got to put this guy in. Get the ball in his hands, and he's going to be a yak guy in the Golden Tate mold. We talked about it for what 
four or five years now, when you get the ball in Tate's hands, he makes things happen, and I really feel like, you know, I'm not going to say James Washington, I've seen this guy play a ton of times, but it just seems like when the ball's in his hand, he can get around and not get touched. He's fast enough, and when they do, he's strong enough that it's he's got the like step hard for yeah, the yeah, it's, it's hard for it's hard people for to bring him down. Yeah, but you know that speed could hurt him. That's one sort yeah. of overall yeah. question yeah. mark. Different level. Um, and then you know the rushing productivity really wasn't there. He doesn't have a returner productivity. When when you're looking for gadget guys, right? These they guys got usually have, one thing. They yeah. usually have elite return abilities. Yeah. And that's why you want to get them the ball out of the backfield. Right. So, so that's a great point. That's a great point. Like when, when I look for players who could be multifaceted, what can they do with the ball in their hands? And you know, no blockers. In right. Front just of them. to make something happen. Yeah. But this is a guy who. You know, like Des Bryant after the catch sometimes just bullies uh, people. Yeah. Do you, who, is there a guy that you think is that elusive guy in this class? That is that. Well, here's a question: that that Jared, Would you like the bear? Would you like the Bears to have to grab uh, James Washington in the second no, round? No, I don't want the Bears to draft a wide receiver. Now. They, they they don't need they're, one right they're now. They're deep. Okay. And you still got you still got Kevin uh, White, and you got the potential maybe even Cam Meredith coming back. Which even though I think I don't think it's going to happen, but you might. Yeah. He, he's trying to get signed by somebody he's else. Trying, well, they got to get somebody to sign off on he's, his injury. Yeah, get the injury. The, so the Bears could Bad get him injury. on a one-year. Uh, uh, you're right. The Bears could get him on a one-year prove-it deal and be nice to him. And it could be, you know, let him and White. We'll figure out which of these two we even want to invest in, if either. Well, you remember I texted you guys, and we'll, we'll go on to the next guy receiver. But I texted you guys, the uh, 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 dude in my building. Always decked out in bear shit, so I'm the first one who's like, dope dog, I'm like, cool, what's up? Then I saw him, I saw him in all do- decked out in bears, so I'm like, do you work for the bears? He's like, yeah, I'm like, what do you do? I'm a scout. And I, that was the day that I said this, that was the day we got Alan Robinson, like, me and my boys were so fired up, it's like, I'm psyched to hear that. And the only thing after that, he was like, He's like, man, Cameron's just like such a hard worker. He's like such a good dude, such a great player. He's like, I feel really bad for that guy. Yeah. So I could see he had a devastating injury devastating that no injury. one like they didn't report the severity of the injury. Yeah, but it seems like the Bears. If he's saying that, it's not like uh, su- sucks to be him. He's saying it feels like maybe the Bears. Like you know what. We have if no one's getting him, well, no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, I, don't I bring him like, back. Don't bring yeah. him back. Like, if he gets a better deal somewhere else, we're not going to impede it. But it felt like the Bears liked the guy, and it's like let's let's have him repair this stuff and get better and whatever. And we're you're part of our family. Hey, maybe it's one of those good karma moves, no matter what, right? Like, hey, it, it, again, he's he's not a guy that was a top end draft pick in his own right. He he proved himself. Was about to get himself a nice payday, had a horrific injury, and now is hoping to continue his NFL career. Kevin White, White, what if he fires it up and makes it worth it? We'll talk about it on shows so I can shit on it for longer because I don't have time. <laughs> you know what? And I have a dynasty league where I still I drafted him. And Christian I, Kirk. But, 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 <laughs> but I still have him, and I'm going to hold him this year just for the yeah, off chance. Of course. Yeah. He's $8. You, you can't shake your hey, Captain, Captain Kirk, what do you got? Christian Kirk is another Golden Tate type player. Yes. Uh, this is a guy scored, what, nine uh, receiving touchdowns this season, three on punt returns. 
Uh, he's a guy who can make it happen after the catch. If you put him in the slot like a Tate, he could also play outside like Tate. He's a guy who goes up and attacks the ball. Uh, he's you know been a, sort of an elite prospect for a while. Um, uh, so things have changed for them. But this is a guy, if you get the ball in his hands, he is trouble. So if you're looking for that gadget player, Houdini, yeah. this is one of them. Here, here's what's interesting about him. And this is where I wonder, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Um, eerily consistent in college, right? He came in as a freshman, 80 receptions, 1,009 uh, yards, 7 touchdowns. Next year, 83 receptions, 928 yards, 9 touchdowns. Next year, 71 receptions, 919 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's like, was he just in in AM just the perfect position that when he that he maximized out his output at the position that he was in? And they never and that, they never tried weren't to, even that ridiculous. Right, that's, what, that's my point. So eerily consistent though. Kind of like the Stevie Johnson. Like, you know, thousand yards every year, seventy catches and seven touchdowns. Stevie Johnson. Okay. Seven you know. You take it for a guy. Right, right, right. So is, 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 was this more of the fact that he actually had his best year as a rookie, as a freshman, as far as yardage, and got better in touchdowns, but only from seven to three, so only plus three in three years. What I'm asking is, was this more of a, a situation, do you think of in how they ran their offense there and what they asked them to do, or was it because there were other players that could do more and we didn't, they never asked no. him to do more? Like, he has a role. He's good at his role. You, you don't really let him do more. You do things that help you win football games. And then your team sort of implodes on itself. Your quarterback position implodes. You don't play as well on offense. Uh, you know, you go through two or three quarterbacks. So you're making, good, you're making a great statement then. So what you're saying is, here's a guy, no matter what went around him, he did his job and did it the same Every single time, and his play never deteriorated. And it actually, you could actually say that he elevated his play because everything else around him fell apart. Yeah, so. I mean, he hit, he he was the centerpiece of that offense, and when he stepped on the field day one, he looked like the best player. Like, uh, yeah. for, for, and when guys come out and they're young and they dominate college football, that's a plus in its own right. Like, when guys step onto the scene as freshmen and have a 1,000-yard season as a receiver right, you know, in you know, a Power 5 conference, that's a fucking statement. That was so a now you, SEC. Yeah, now you talk about it and, you know, you put him in the NFL, this is a guy who could be an instant contributor, whether it's in the return game or whether it's as a gadget player or if you strictly want to stick him in the slot and throw him 110 balls next season – He'll play well there. You could at, probably ask him to do too much, but he is a guy who can move outside and stretch it vertically a little bit, but more in the realms of, like, a Stephon Diggs in that area no, rather, no, than I, a, that's, that's, rather than a... And Golden Tate himself was a pretty good fucking field stretcher at the collegiate level. Is this People guy, remember no, see, I, the I, I just, he made. I give you more... The, the, I like the Diggs reference because I really uh, see that... When you look at numbers... Here's a guy who's never had more. He doesn't have more. Never. Twelve point nine was his highest yards per reception average. And that's in college. So he's not the guy that they were asking to go down. They were just. And look, you don't get 70, 80, 80 catches in three years, because in college, you're like if you're if you're a downfield threat, you're getting forty catches. Can I ask you if you guys think this? Is it Diggs or 
Is he Julian Edelman? No, no. He's a little Why too not? fast for him. But I, but I like that Emma. But I'm about to change it to a different one. Is he more of an Amendola, Kenny Stills? No, not a Kenny Stills though. Stills is a downfield threat. Yeah. Stills is just 17 yards a catch. Uh, I, I, I don't see body, it. body type, speed. I don't see it either. Okay. Uh, Amendola. Anything I, Amendola was nothing. Like I, I, I feel like whenever I've whenever I've seen, and I'm not even talking. I'm just saying what I've seen in limited, you know, gaming. I've seen him twice on TV, and I watched his uh, a couple of these highlight videos of him. Um, and I'll honestly felt a little bit like Kenny Stills to me. Well, I mean, stats don't say it, but look. I'm not talking about stats. I'm talking yeah, about yeah, just, I get, I get it. I get it. player I get type. It. Where did he run the, uh, was, he, was he a fast? 4-4-7. Uh, four, four, oh, so he's fast. So he could be that guy. You know what? So it obviously, it's, in the offense that he was in, they beat. Like Stills to me. Here, here's, what I, here's what I said. And Which I, is I, fine. Stills I, I is a go, great I player. I want to go back to what Stan was saying. That this is a guy I should look at. I agree with you. I, I, I'm going to look at this guy because you don't catch that many passes in a year. You are solid hands. You're a hands guy. You're, you're, no matter what, you can come in. You can be a third down receiver who's going to be trusted. And I like that. Um, and he's a guy that scored touchdowns, too. He, he found the end zone. This is a guy who averaged like eight touchdowns a, a season. That's pretty good in college. That's really good. All right. All right. I want to go on. I want to move, move on to a guy. And we're not going in any order, but no, we, we briefed him a little bit earlier. Just in the tape that I saw. And I know you, you felt like he, was, he looked like somebody else, but um, Anthony Miller, Memphis. God, that guy looks like he looks like Antonio Brown to me, and uh, he's just his. I think out of all the players that I, I looked at that are on this uh, wide receiver list for us heading into the NFL draft, he made more outstanding plays. Than any other player that was just like just like no. the, even the minutia of the just like even like stopping on the dime and having the guy like go by him like can I can I give yeah. you some numbers to back you up yeah so we just talked about ridiculous oh uh, yeah I got I, I, I want to get 2016 and 17 are exactly the same 95 catches in 2016 for 1434 yards and 14 touchdowns. How do you come back from that? You catch 96 passes for 1462, better on both, and have 18 touchdowns by four more. Those are those that's are, insane. Those are ridiculous. It's like almost a mere spinning image of each other. And inconsistency. When do you get 90 catches and have over a 15 yard uh, per reception? It's ridiculous. And here's the one thing to remember: in this year's class, he had 22 bench presses, which was the second most in the Ooh, combine. Like so it. he's Strong as hell. To be honest, I looked at it over the course of the last uh, 10 years. They've got a good little stat there on the combine. He's the uh, top five most bench presses for a uh, wide receiver. This is not a huge guy. Who were the guys that were higher than him? I don't I don't remember. They, one were they, guy were, in this Were class. they any good? Exactly. I'm asking. That's no, not, I don't, I, I, right. I don't, I, no, they're not. They there's, were, one, <laughs> there's one guy. There was Boston. Was Boston had to be one of them, right? I don't even know. Back in the day, but, remember? Remember? Yeah, no, that's over ten years ago. I know. Sadly enough, that's twenty uh, years ago. We're old. <laughs> but this guy, I think there's something about the what this guy's done in the is 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 his propensity for the amazing play, his size, which is small, but his strength, which is 
maybe you're right. Antonio Brown might be really strong. There's something about the guy that I think he's a big reason why, uh, you know, uh, Riley Ferguson is someone we're talking about. And watch that guy's film. Again, hopefully he lands in the right spot. But something tells me that he's got that work ethic, that, that route running, the, all, the, all the, the, the spokes in the wheel that make him. So I personally would take him over O'Reilly any day of the week. Uh, uh, Ridley, you mean? Ridley, sorry, Ridley. Calvin Ridley, yeah. Yeah, those guys with higher bunch presses got bigger guys like Kenny Britt, Cody Latimer, uh, Sammy Coates, Kevin White. Uh, Brandon Marshall, depending on the year. Mm-hmm. Eddie Royal, apparently. Eddie yeah, Eddie Royal. Really? I, saw that. I actually <laughs> saw that. I was like, Eddie Royal at 20, he had 22, right? 24. 24. Well, no, and, and do you know the year that, what, what was the book? What I year saw was that. That? I was like, that, was, uh, that was one of the surprising things when I did my Stay. chart. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Uh, all right, but Eddie Royal had the highest receiving yards as a rookie in his year. Yes. Really? 1,109 yeah. yards, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Broncos. Yeah. So, Anthony Miller's a guy we talk about getting away from press coverage. This guy's got the feet. He's got the feet. He can make separation on any route. Whether you want to play him inside or outside, this guy's uh, you know able to create it. He's got the upper body strength that we talk about, mean stiff arm. So things after the catcher are going to happen well for this guy. So like like Christian Kirk, Anthony Miller, you know both you know good prospects and. You know, they do it similar ways. They can, you know, make it happen after the catch once you get the balls in these guys' hands. So I'm excited to see him. I think if he lands up in one of these underrated, you know, landing spots, he could see, you know, big production from year one. What do you, uh, what do you, well, let's just like, what's a good spot for something? Because we're about to talk about a few other guys that are very Kirk, him. These guys are all like, they're in the same little mold. Like where the thing is, is there's, a good spot? Like, there's like a top 12 wide receivers here that none are consensus for anybody. Everybody I has mean, somebody different. They're all in the same bucket. And, and there's a lot of these guys that are you know equal value. Third, fourth round picks. Maybe somebody will slide into the second round. Uh, you know, Kirk's probably a second or third rounder. Maybe Miller's a third or a fourth rounder, even though there's probably not that big of a difference. And, and we talk I think about, you'll see a lot of these guys will go higher than you think. Second, late, late second I know, round. but peop, like teams are always wary with wide receiver prospects. You know, coming from spread systems, like we, they get the fantasy hype, mm-hmm. but then the number of like actual picks in the draft. You know, it's pretty even distribution throughout rounds. So, you know, like, like they get the hype because they're players people know. Well, right. A lot of these they're guys, the ones that score touchdowns, but then you yeah. have to remember there's always all the defensive players that are going and all, and it, all yeah, the offensive yeah. linemen and everything else. As fantasy guys, we get excited about right. especially the skill players. I, but, but, here's, but here's the point that, that, that is absolutely true with all of those rookie drafts that I do. You have guys that are drafted in the third for wide receiver, late second, third, fourth round, these guys, some of these guys would be in the top guys that are coming out. Okay, so oh, sure, you, you, it's not for always fans, for fans. So, like, if you're always just going by who is the first wide receiver and second wide receiver taken, and those are the two best guys, that's the dumbest thing you could ever do. That's, that's, I don't know. Draft position has like the highest correlation to games played and eventual fantasy success. So, like. I do agree with that. Sure, but, but there think, are so think, many failures at, at, at sure. first round picks and second round. We we talked, there are so many failures the across the board. We talked about on the phone today earlier. This is why you got to be so smart about being on the Ooh. waiver wire. Right. Think about think, 
Yeah, and it, yeah. even in even, I was in a rookie league and friggin' um, Kamara. Kamara wasn't drafted. So if you're in a non-rookie league, he's not getting drafted. But being on top of it and seeing like, oh shit, this guy just went from eight catches and uh, four carries to so and so. Stay on top of it, and that's where you've really got to hone in on some of these rookies and even grab them. There are so many people that I know that grabbed Kamara and dumped him even yes. before he okay. went off. You this know? is so almost like, the point of saying fuck. that you can, if you went and said, "I'm not going to draft any rookies," and I would say this, I've been in, I've been running my main league. Since 1998, my cousin, he pays no attention to college football, has no idea who any player is that has not played a snap in the NFL. So unless they're getting like all the like crazy hype everywhere, he'll never draft them. And those guys are always being overdrafted by somebody else. Yeah. So his team is, is always laden with, he looks like the Oakland Raiders. Uh, or the Cleveland Browns that we're talking about. I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna get all the old free agents. I'm gonna get all the old names, and he puts them all together. And you know what? He makes the playoffs every fucking year because you get everyone else who tries to be smarter than the next guy to try to find the next guy. You don't always find them. But if you were to say, I'm just gonna draft who are known commodities on every pick, and, and then I'm gonna own the waiver wire, and I'm gonna be so quick to drop a commodity for a potential. Now it's a better move, right? Because you're then you're playing from Cole this even year. There, or Cole this year would have been a good one. Kamara would have been a good one for you. What's even up? there, you could trade two for one proven commodities. Correct. Quickly. Yes. And create space for, for that yourself. Yes. For your that rookie you're looking for. It's a great I'm gonna point. trade. I'm so, gonna trade two for one. Well, besides the injuries to my ego, we're having to wear that haircut and having to shave my armpits. Right. That caused lasting damage. I got the back of my head split open from the bong hit I took. It did hurt you. Yeah. Well, they say there were, what, like 10,000 uses for duct tape, and we see about every single one with you. I sat in that chair for two days. I couldn't come out because we had a match for continuity. So I slept there. You slept there. I ate there. I used the restroom there. It was incredible. There are 10,000 uses for duct tape. And we've seen all of them with you. <laughs> so looking at wide receiver picked by round since 2000, first round 73, second round 76, third round 86, fourth round 83, fifth round 72, uh, sixth round 78, and seventh round 99. Let's remember seventh rounders or special teamers. So that's why you probably see the spike there. You're looking at gunners uh, on special teams. You're looking at return specialists. But the third round is a prime draft spot for some wide receivers uh, in terms of number of picks. Teams will start, you know, taking shots. Like, we talk about the Patriots. The Patriots haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round since 2000. They're a team that'll you know take multiple shots, maybe miss them in the second and third rounds with guys like Aaron Dobson uh, and things like that. But they will take those shots later in the round and try to find guys who fit their system and maybe pass up on the higher end talent. But you know, there's a lot of these guys that are intriguing wide receivers in the middle rounds, like. 
Deshaun, Bayshawn Hamilton uh, from Penn State. He's another guy who looked great during Senior Bowl week, uh, able to create separation, uh, you know, get open whenever he wants. You know, runs crisp routes. Uh, has struggled with some you know drop issues and lack of concentration, but you know that ability to get yourself open is a highly uh, sought-after commodity in the NFL. It's the old uh, being able to make a shot for yourself yeah. in the NBA. There's not too many players that are able to just be like, you know what? I got sweet people on me, and I'm open. That's the thing with like drop rates. Drop rates just mean this motherfucker's getting open. He might drop the ball. But he's <laughs> open. That's a great point. No, it's a great. The only way you're gonna drop because otherwise it's a pass defended or it's it's it's, it's great something point. else. If you're <laughs> you're open. That's a, I've never thought about it that way. I, I, all the years of all this, I've never thought about that. You can't be mad at guys that are always fucking open. You can't be mad at 7-Eleven. You can't be mad at... <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be mad at a guy in the NBA that creates, can create his own shot. Anything you might do. not be able to sink that shot, but the fucking guy is able to every time make some space. I like, I, I like the way you're thinking. I can't be mad at any casino. <laughs> They're always open. I can't be mad at any, any strip club you know in Tampa Bay, Florida. Any you know prostitute, she's always open. Oh, hey, hold on. Um, now, I'm getting fired. No, now I'm getting fired up. Yeah, oh, man. Man. I'm not, I want to talk baseball. I'm not getting fired up about hard. Hey, we'll go to the industrial strip afterward. We're going to Pink Monkey? No, industrial strip in Indiana. All right, you ready? Sure. Oh, we got. It. All right, we're done. It's just we're done. Sorry, guys. No more, <laughs> Show's over. No, no, no more, no more wide receivers. The we'll rust is getting really knocked off. We'll talk to you. <laughs> Amen. Um, Hang on. It's a pretty cool sidearm you got there. What, what is it? I don't know what it's called. I just know the sound it makes when it takes a man's life. Holla or a dollar. All right. Let's talk um, sticks. Give us, give us another guy you like. Equanimous man, ESB. Nice. This is another giant. Giant uh, with the huge catch radius. Uh, you know his ability to sort of go up and get it, and you know run faster than other players. Uh, you know is is good news. Like he's a size speed freak. And, you know, with some better quarterback play in previous seasons, he's been highly effective. He's a guy who can go down the field and get it. Um, You know, he's just a wide, wide body. Um, And, you know, when the quarterback was accurate, he made things happen. But he's gotten some pretty inaccurate quarterback play over the last couple years. Well, Well, let me ask you a question. Because if you look at it, so he's coming out after his junior year, right? And... If you look at the stats in his junior year, 33 catches, 515, four touchdowns. But what you were saying, the year before, 58, 961 with nine touchdowns. So now my question is this, especially as a dynasty player, now you've piqued my interest as a guy who has talent but just had a a degradation at the quarterback position that's kind of caused the other issues that he faced, right? So is this a guy who most other people are going to say are going to be lower on, that I can sneak him? Or is he, even though he doesn't have the statistical prowess that some of these other guys have, the two 1,400-yard years for your Memphis guy, um, it's he's still going to get drafted higher because of the fact... Now, he's, not even, he's, he's tall. He's not, 
he's, he's six fast. four, six five. Six five, two, only 203. So he doesn't have like that 230 pound frame. Is six he, five, two fifteen, four four eight. Oh, two fifteen, four four eight. So two fifteen. It's ridiculous. So he's put on weight and, and four four eight. So he's under four five. So he's got that good here's, enough. Here's speed. what I'll say: Where, if this guy goes to the Patriots, he's their wide receiver one. You know, yeah, but but are you? It, but, but I don't want a guy on the Patriots because project. they spread the ball around. I, I think he's a project. I, I, he's definitely a project. But he, if he goes to a certain amount of teams, he's a project that they're going to. I think all projects are not wide receiver ones until they are. So here's the right, here's the, like right. Well, we also he talk- projects as a future number one. Like how many people said that about DGB? Like this guy. Needs some work. They need a, a, a. He needs to be on a team that's going to work with him, develop him. But here's a question: uh, I, have, in no, the I have a question for Stacks. I want. I want to ask you this about him, though. Is he a guy that you would say, if you're in dynasty leagues, right, and you're saying where I don't have to play him for a year or two, that this is a better type of a pick than say um, the guy that we were just talking about, your James Washington guy. It, like you know what I'm saying? Like if you can wait and, and expect what the what the total package could be versus what you're getting now. Whereas running back, I'm not gonna. I can't take a project at running back. I need, you're either gonna play now or you're not. Running wide receiver, you can grow into it. I I don't know because team fat team fit matters so much. You could end up playing with. Deshaun Kaiser again. So what would be the ideal your, fit for him? And have everything you know you're working on. You know you might get open, but then you catch 33 percent of your passes. Your confidence gets hit. You come back to camp next year. They got a new starter. You got to learn a new system. You got to do this, and then all these things sort of take a toll. So he needs to be into a established system, or at least one that's not going to change. In the near future, so all these guys. No, no, no. That's that's always the best for anyone, but some guys need it more than others. Other guys are more adaptable. All guys need it. No, I'm not saying all guys need it, but some guys are more adaptable, where you can kind of, you know, shift gears on them, and they're like, okay, I get it, and I know what I'm doing because I'm an elite athlete, I'm I'm a talent. The guys that are in that mid range. It's the right fit, so but it's I don't also, know. He could be Justin Hunter. Like, yes. Okay. He's the guy you're betting on. That's what I'm trying to pull. You're betting on potential. I agree with that. Here's what I'll say with this guy. Maybe it's only Notre Dame uh, jock smokers. This guy is going to be better in the NFL than he was in college because because he's had inconsistency at quarterback, but. He could be Justin Hunter. He could be so many other what guys. What could he be could. on the high end? I mean, Randy Moss. You've seen this you guy catch the ball? I, I, yeah. I've seen it. The plays that he's awesome well, at. Michael Floyd like, made all kinds of crazy the, plays at Notre Dame, exactly. too. And he sucked. You're right. I, exactly. Exactly. Hey, he's not going to be Randy Moss. I'm not saying that. But what could he be if it's in the perfect situation? He seems like a... a you want to know what he seems the most like to me right now would be... Um, uh, a fucking Terrell Terrell Williams or something like Terrence that. Williams. Terrell Williams. Tyrell. Oh, Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. Okay, okay. He's like he's like a little skinny, but he's fast. Yeah. He's got like kind of this like yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, that's okay. definitely that would a be possibility. A, I, I would take a I would take a Tyrell Williams if I'm drafting. Yeah, uh, it seems like now he could be better. If he's got maybe his instance, and if he gets in the right play. situation where he doesn't have as much, Tyler Williams seems like it could be like day one situation. 
that's not bad. Yeah, not I mean, bad. He, I'll take that. He needs to go somewhere where he's, you know, he gets a chance to play on limited yeah. targets, like sort of like Martavis Bryant did, you know, his rookie year. But but that, used in, in in strategic situations yeah. where it's advantageous for him, where they're using him based on his unique skill set and not trying to make him be more than he is and force him to be more than he is. So that's more of a development where he's going to come in as maybe a three or four, right? Yeah. Not as a two or three. I mean, a lot of these guys are going to come in as of course. wide receiver threes on their football teams from day one. Well, right, but, but, but where you can project them to truly be is what I'm saying. I don't, because, look, when we look at it, we can't, obviously, they're always going to be on the lower on the depth chart if you're coming in under a guy. Range of outcomes, he could be the wide receiver one on his team. You think or, he can be? Or he could be out of the league in five no, no, years. No, I agree. But, range but, of, yes. So, but, but you feel Athletics. in his range, he has a, and listen, I'm not trying to downgrade whatever you said. I'm saying, do you, you actually believe that this guy I, has potential for a number one type I of I said it. Like, he's big, he's fast, I he can it. make contested catches. Uh, you know, his route running is, you know, clean enough for a big guy. All those things are clean. So, yeah, he's got the potential to be a number one wide receiver. But the guys who are big and fast also are the guys who quickly flame out of the league the fastest. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And I'm not trying to fight you here. So don't don't argue with me. I'm, I'm agreeing like with you. Like DJ Shark, another... Big, fast wide receiver from LSU yeah. is a guy who, you know, if things break right and you know, he's got a quarterback situation and they give him 60 targets his first season and then he moves up to 80 and then suddenly in the third year he's at 100 targets, he's a guy who could be a wide receiver, one on his team, or also be out of the league in five years. Like, <laughs> no, no, we get, listen. You can honestly say that for almost anybody in in NFL because no, everything is like, so dependent upon where you go and, and what like happens and what injury Christian happens. Christian Kirk, you can't, you can't predict any of that shit. Christian Kirk, oh, I saying. believe, is a wide receiver two on his team to there wide receiver go. three and return man. Okay. Like I don't think he's ever the number one option in his passing game. Here's the guy I want to go to. Yeah, because. In the things that I saw, obviously I love Anthony Miller, but I think another guy that I feel like is just like a smaller, faster version of uh, Devontae Adams um, and uh, a number of other people. Here's my my model. I'm just saying Michael Gallup, wide receiver, Colorado State. In looking at him, the thing that I got the most out of him that he felt like, and this is more old school than you'll love this, but... He's a faster Rod Smith. Ooh. Rod Smith, two-time Super Bowl champion. Who was an undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent. And I think, and he played in Colorado. This guy plays in Colorado. Um, Michael Gallup, I am going to say, he was the second, maybe the first. Him and him and Anthony Miller, as far as just watching tape on them and watching their games and highlights or whatever. He felt like something special to me. Um, he's another... Uh, what a year pretty he sure, had his junior year. Pretty sure he was another junior college guy. He, had, uh, he only has two recorded yeah, seasons yeah, yeah, in college yeah, yeah, football. He, yeah, he's, had two, he's, he's a two-college guy. With, um, can, I, can I give you a stats? Yeah. 176 receptions, 2,690 yards, 21 touchdowns. Two years. Best stiff arm that I've seen in in 
any I, best stiff arm I've seen, to be honest, is for a wide receiver. No, remember, like Michael Gallup went where Colorado State, right? Yeah. That's a system that's put out wide receiver ones with prolific passing numbers. Rashard Higgins, before him, his numbers are going to dwarf Michael Gallup's. Wow, okay. But Michael Gallup is more physically talented. Like, he is... Stiff arm is ridiculous. Strong yeah, fuck. The thing, if we look at Rod Smith, you want to bring up Rod Smith as a comp. Like, Rod Smith had... 152 and then 237 receiving yards in his first two seasons. I get it. And then suddenly, thousand, 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 thousand. So he's maybe a guy that takes a little bit longer to develop, mm-hmm. a little bit more of a de- de- developmental prospect. Uh, but no guy, question, I'm not guy, calling. I'm not calling Rod Smith year one pro. So ball. you're not calling him Zay Jones. Well, Rod Smith Hall was also awesome behind. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Anthony Miller ahead of Rod Smith? You're, you're stealing. Yeah, you stole from the joke. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> fucker. I called myself out. Just so you know, I hope I hope Zay. Yeah, I was, doing was, right. I was just like, I'm like, I'm, I was there. I hope Zay yeah. is doing all right. But I was the first to self-deprecate myself. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even do it in the post because I felt like I was trying to make it about myself. So hey. I didn't do it. I was like, uh, my Hall of Fame call might not be alive. I think you need a fail verdict. Hey. There you go. Why don't you follow his lead and just chill out, man? You're right. Oh, yeah. Before you're right, let's do this. Thank you. Yeah, you're right, dude. I'm not. I'm not expecting this guy to be Rod Smith year one. But just watching him, I was thinking about like, I do go back. Even like Anthony Miller, it's funny. Like I watch these guys, I'm like he kind of reminds me of Brian Blades. Ooh. You want to remind me of Brian Blades? Is fucking Antonio Brown. Um, you know, I look oh, yeah, at all these old guys. That dude, he was it, he was a strong. I look at these old guys, and I'm thinking of like old. I'm like, is, is that Tony Martin? Is that uh, Tony Martin '81? Yeah, Tony Martin '81 from the Atlanta Harold Mathis and Andre Rising. So I'm going, but literally, Gallup to me felt. I was like looking at him, like, who is this guy? And I'm like, he reminds me of Rod Smith, just like strong. And I went and I did a search because maybe Rod Smith. Six three. I'm like these guys are the fucking same size. Yeah. Um. Anyway, who who knows? He's this guy though. Gallup. He plays strong. The stiff arm. You just watch the tape on the guy. The sickest stiff arm that I that I've seen in a while. And if you can get the right situation, again, I think I think I agree with Anthony at least until one of these guys becomes who? great. Who? These guys are all. Stag party. Uh, <laughs> these guys are all wide receiver two, maybe if they're great. Wide receiver threes right now. No, nope. they've all got that like same stock. So now here's here's what's, here's what's crazy about. It. So this is but one like of those ones kid. where I would tell you if you're looking at, do I want to invest my any of my first uh, this year, their first rookie year, into a fantasy year? Probably not. No. These are the guys that you should not draft any of these rookie wide receivers on your fantasy team. Just wait for the waiver wire and wait until the guys get installed into the offense wherever they may be and the guys that find the right fit and just start watching for them. Put them on your radar. Unless you're in a keeper league and you're in a deep rounds. No, no, no. no. But I'm talking, about, I'm talking about regular annual leagues. Yes. 
deep keeper leagues, deep rounds. If you think one of these guys, and it's like Jump. between between drafting your fourth quarterback, and it's like 100%. maybe this guy's awesome, and now you get to keep him with your 19th pick. No, you're 100% right. Like as I said, don't draft any of the quarterbacks outside of those top five. Let everyone else do that. And and with the running backs and wide receivers, you can go absolutely. You can go deeper. But if you're in a regular, I'm drafting this year, and you're thinking about constructing your team, and you're trying to think like, oh, I'm going to steal one of these rookie wide receivers this year. <laughs> don't draft them on draft day. You Nothing don't need happens. to because none of them are going to produce like Amari Cooper did. Uh, none of them are going to produce like Julio Jones did. Or none of them are going to produce Julio like... Julio Jones, I mean, He didn't even have that great of a year. No, 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 you're right. Um, I can go back to my list. Uh None of them are going to produce like a. I'm the best one. There's no Randy Mosses out there. They There's just no OD, OBJs out there. They're, yeah. they're, these ones are uh, Mike Evans out there. They're, they're, they're not there this year. Look for them, though, on the waiver wire. Draft the other guys, and you're going to be set because they're <laughs> going to happen. It's going to happen this year, and I'm telling you what. They're going to be every expert out there, and they're all going to shoot 20% on, on as far as they have to name five of them that are going to be the best. They're going to hit one out of five. Yeah, I'm I'm fading these guys all in season long in best ball leagues. <laughs> no, you don't want them. But if you look for potential fit for a second year, third year, you is there a up? guy? Is there a guy kind of like late that you think that just might be, it could be. Is there a guy for you, Stag Party? That, that like Keenan line? Cole last year, where was he? No, he was on no one's radar last yeah. year. And uh, then, and there's then a lot of big guys that I have lower than a lot of people. I have Auden Tate from Florida State. Uh, I think is wide receiver 17 or 18. Uh, he's another 6'5", big body, touchdown maker, red zone weapon. Um, not a lot of speed. And, you know, Guy, guys, his profile who also are like real slow usually don't play well. Right. So that's another thing. And then there's two other guys that are his size, Alan Lazard and Jaleel Scott, who aren't you know especially fast and you know have some trouble you know creating regular separation. But you but you but you think that you're keeping an eye on. You think they could be well, just no. because they could be touchdown makers, right? Like. They, they could be a guy that ends up with five or six touchdowns. Like, I will be surprised with the way the league's shaping up if, you know, there's more than two of these guys in the top 50 wide receivers overall. I, I, I Oh, the, for next year? Yes. Yeah. I oh, 100% agree, which is why I'm saying don't invest in, the, in this one. But yeah. I will say, here's the other thing on that. I think the, the accurate point you made when you brought up, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Tate, right, from Florida State. Just because a guy went to Florida State or went to Oklahoma or went to one of the power schools that you, you hear out there, that doesn't translate into the NFL. This is not the NCAA tournaments where, for their, yes, you're going to have your 12s and 11s that upsets the, the 5s and the 6s, but this was the first year we ever saw a 16 upset a 1. The, the, the 15s have only upset 2s like three times. Like... For the most part, ride the big guys. That's not the case for players coming into the NFL. It has, all of that doesn't mean anything. It just means what competition you may have played against and different circumstances that you had. Remember to get Hearns? There. Hearns is Florida State, right? Miami. Or Florida, Miami. Miami. Okay, so he's Miami. But Hearns was one, of the, but was one of those guys that was well sought after, um, a 
a great recruit, but then didn't do all that much in Miami. Um, but then, like, he kind of lit it up early. Well, how about or how about how about the guy who was so hard to find these guys? Or how about the guy who was a higher recruit? Didn't live up to the stand to his to his expectations, and then blew it up late. Robert Woods, or uh, Michael Crabtree, or you know. So it goes both ways. The thing is that don't look at guys based on college. Yeah. If you are drafting guys, look at guys based on talent. Look at guys based on what they can actually do, and look at some film. And you're not going to get a hundred percent read. Look, this is not a perfect science, right? And also, you have to remember these are young guys. Some of them are still growing, and, and some guys have the dedication, and you don't know what that is. I mean, you have um, the guys like Justin Blackman, who could have dominated this league for 10 years and is still on a roster, but it just can't get himself back. Got some alcohol. Got, got some, some issues. Got issues. Problems. Right. God, that guy was good. Um, here's what I'll say, and I'll, I'll reiterate this again. If you're in a redraft league, do not have... A roster of rookies. Almost stay away from them. If you get a good value and you think somebody's going to do good, all right. But if you're sitting there in a redraft league and you have four rookies on your team, even if it's 20-round draft for your team, you have failed. But they better if you do, they better all be running backs. Yeah. Don't draft any of the other positions this year. Yeah. The running back is deep. No, I'll tell you, if you want to go 20 and go four running back... And they're rookies. I, don't know. I no, still no. say go two. I still don't say have more than two rookies. Two, two, and I and only across be, every position. And I would oh, no, I don't only let them be running backs. I don't want any. <laughs> there's no Evan Ingram's this year. Do you see Evan Ingram? Just this don't year? be. Don't get. There's maybe, a few tight ends that we'll talk about next week. But still, or tight ends even more so. You know that if you're in a redraft, not needing to start a tight end. If you like a guy and you love it. Take him with your last pick. And if someone is taking him earlier... No one's jumping on him. They're jumping on all the other positions. Let's look at... I mean, we're not going to be able to do it, but the tight ends that we thought last year were going to be good, when we had O.J. Howard, uh, Nyoku, and uh, Evan Ingram. Ingram was an outlier. Ingram was the best. George Kittle was the second best tight end. Ingram was awesome. And we thought he would be awesome. But very abnormal. And Howard only had like five... wide receiver. What? He's almost a wide receiver. Yeah. Well, so and OBJ got hurt. And Sterling Shepard. He had all the opportunities in the world. Right. The, 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 it, the, the golden road paved open for him. For sure. For sure. We got anything else to say? We're sitting here almost going three hours. Three hours. Hey, we're, it's great to be back. We're back, baby. Holla the rust dollar. is off. Holla for a dollar. We got a little angry with each other a few times, I no, think. Or no? Well, you got well, angry. We, you all got angry no, with me no, for no jumping in and cutting people off. We, we've got angry with you a couple you know, times. You guys <laughs> got angry with me, so let me know that we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to say? Do we want to talk about uh, no, any other wants to get home before 11 o'clock. I mean, <laughs> this wide receiver class is deep, but the top-end talent of it is lacking. <laughs> is lacking. So, you what know, is it? The top-end talent is deep. Or yeah. The top-end talent is shallow. There's yeah, probably yeah. none of them. Uh, but the class itself at wide receiver, you know, there's probably 20 different receivers that people like in this class. And, and there's the multi-variety of players. We talked about, you know, Tate, Lazard, uh, Equanimous St. Brown, Cortland Sutton. 
These are all guys they that are like six. St. Brown going to Notre Dame. Is there a more apropos signing than that? Oh, yeah. I'll shut up. Go ahead. Well, here, here's, here's what I'm talking I want to talk about his like wide receivers. So, <laughs> looking at going back to my chart, like uh, wide receivers that had, as a rookie, 600 or more receiving yards. Don't look at your chart. Don't know. Stop. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want you to say it's happened. How many times do you think it's happened? Five with at least five receivers. And now this is what's crazy. When I'm saying five, this is not including the guys that had over 900 or a thousand yards. So those so guys are eliminated. The question? So in in Chuck? my so let me re, let me rephrase it. In my chart, I have thousand yard receivers, 900 yard receivers, and then 600 plus. The 600 plus does not even include those top end guys. So not including so those top. So it's not 600 plus. You want, okay, I'll, I'll give you okay. Five hundred. I'll rephrase it. To go back, okay, fine. Six hundred plus. How many in the last eleven years? Six hundred plus receivers have we had? Rookies. Yeah, rookies. In the last eleven years, very specific question. <laughs> Twenty-four. Nineteen. You guys are so off. I'm at thirty. 33, 30, 38. Can we do the last three years. Let's just, let's reposition this so it's a little more. Active. Grab all the cells. Yeah. Look all at right, the bottom fine. of your last, Excel spreadsheet. Last three years. Count. Last three years. No, I don't. I, I don't do it that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm old school. You want me to do an auto sum? I'll no, do an no, auto no, sum. no. Last three you years. Just look at all. <laughs> last three years. Last three years. How many have had more than uh, 600 yards receiving? Wide receivers. Last three years over. Um, I'm gonna go nine. 12. 14. So okay. There you go. But only two over but that's 600. That's does you nothing. Right. Two over 600. So two let's go to 1,000. So two over 1,000. Yeah, how so many over 1,800? Four, two a game. over 1,000. Only two of the 14 over 1,000. Only one of the uh, so three over 900. And all the rest are below that. So, so over the last three drafts, only three wide receivers have gone over 900. Correct. In their rookie seasons. In their rookie seasons. Do not they go know. high on a rookie in your draft. That's all you need to know. If you're if you're if you're in a if you're in a keeper if you're in a keeper league, go grab them a little higher because you can get them in the next year. All right. So if you're in a, uh, how many thousand yard rushers in the last? How about let's say I, three. I thought, let's say three. There's been five. Years. Five in the last three years? How many over 700? 15. Nine. 11. That's what's scary. That's what's scary. There's only been four others. So over 700. So nine over 700 in the last three years. Isn't that ridiculous? Stay away from rookies. So you have, so this is what's scary. You have these, the top end guys, right, that are rushing for those big yards. But the difference also is that you have the, you have to look for total package because the Alvin Kamara's, the receiving, you know, total yards from scrimmage. Kamara didn't have a, did he have a thousand yards rushing last year? No. Did he have a thousand yards receiving? No. Did he have over 600 of each? Yes. Yes. Guys, I love you. Holla for a dollar. Dini Factor in the house. Stag party rocking and rolling. It's All right, time. guys, we're, we're back. We're firing it up. We're over three hours. We're over three hours. And this is where we want to be. I got, I, got, I got one more thing to say.
kind of grumpy today, dude. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. It's having those dreams again. You know how it's just me in a castle. I got to fight like a thousand wizards. The only way to beat them is to punch them as hard as I can in their faces. Then when I'm done, all their little wizard wives came out, wanted me just to have sex with them, which is kind of weird. <laughs> we love you guys. We're excited to be back. We're going to do our um, uh, running back tight end show in two weeks. We're excited to be back after a two-month off, but that doesn't mean we're going to be do week to week. We're going to be doing next... Not we're next doing pyro. We're doing well, whatever the fuck we want. That's yeah, right. We're doing whatever the fuck we want, but we're working on some sweet shit. Tell them the music. Tell them the music. Oh, yeah. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. The first song was... Uh, King of Bones. King of Bones. I was going to say Bag of Bones. <laughs> uh, and then Ninth Configurations, what we're going to close out on. Stag Party. Good to hang out with your brother. Houdini Dog. Good times. Good to throw back some Valverde's with you. Guys, we love you. We're back. Full effect. Let's do this. The draft is going to be sweet. Woo! BRMC. Boom, boom, boom.
that's not the only trick Kenny Powers has up his sleeve this eve. Now this time I'd like to field any questions anybody has. This is the time to do it. You, big kid. Do we have to run the mile? I'm talking about me. I want these are questions about me personally as a superstar. You know, you got this moment in time here with an American icon, you're gonna waste it asking a question about the fucking mile. Valverde. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.